2: My good bad brain I'm a normal person So I'm insane I've got depression And ADHD But I'm doing better Since I medicated me I'm still not always sure Whether I exist or what Hi, everybody. Welcome back to My Good, Bad Brain. Um, if you like the pod, uh, review us on iTunes. That helps out a lot. And also check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash mygoodbadbrain. If you dig it, uh, to support it. Keep it alive. Um, today on My Good, Bad Brain is Adam Bush, who is a dear friend of mine. If you ever watched uh, my music, which is something I did a long time with the Fine Brothers... I met Adam Bush on that project and from the moment I met him I don't know what it was. At first I thought he didn't like me and I thought we had this really fun like sparry kind of energy. And usually when I have that vibe I end up finding out that we have a lot in common and that we're very similar people. And Adam has always struck me as that he's such an artist. He's a brilliant artist. He's a great actor. But he's also a beautiful musician, as you'll find in this pot. One of the questions I asked, I, I send people the a few, you know, the questions I ask at the end ahead of time, so they can have a second to think about it. It's not totally on the spot. And I guess when I asked him something dark about him, he uh, <laughs> he ended up writing a whole song, and it's really beautiful. I've listened to it a lot. It's actually stuck in my head. He plays it at the end of this uh, episode, which is like just such an amazing treat. I um. I'm feeling a little disconnected right now. I, I have horrible neck pain, which sounds so stupid. But, like, it's all I can think about. So this is going to be a little brief today. I'm just going to let our sort of uh, – our, our long – it's, it's very hearkening to the early days of my good bad brain. The early days are only like three months in. But, you know, very meandering and lovely and very, for me, uh, we actually joke about it and talk about it, not joking, how this podcast is very much uh, apt to its name, My Good Bad Brain. They're interviews and conversations, but you're really getting them bounced through my brain. There's, it's very much uh, a, about that for better or for worse um and on that note i do have some ideas for the next uh coming interviews i'm gonna do the next round of them and i'm curious to see what you guys think it's uh, basically to shift it to make us a little bit more mental health focused, and less like just jared's brain focused i guess (laughs) um but uh yeah i i I got a, a brain breather coming up for people on patreon i'll get it first everyone else will get it later i went home Last week, and I think I'm still experiencing the fallout of that. Like home for the first time in like ten years, and it was so strange. And I'll expand on it, you know, in the in the brain breather. But um, yeah, forgive me. I'm just like a little. I don't know if you ever had this like insane pain, and it's like kind of all I can think about, and I have no idea what happened. Maybe jujitsu. I don't know, just rolling around anyway. <sighs> My dumbass, good fucking bad brain. Uh, here I'm back. Right, we're gonna start this interview now, and I hope you enjoy as much as I did. My meandering talk. What are we? T- I mean, we talk about all kinds of stuff: anxiety, ADHD stuff. We talking about Batman and Superman. We talk a lot about like the artist and society, and you know, narrative and if how that rules us or not, and and a lot. What I talk to Adam about. What I've always been so impressed about. The thing that's very different from me even though I feel like there's a similar energy that we live under and him has like self like character control of a sort like that I ask him very explicitly about a, a very it, it translates to a very personal power I believe when when I'm with him There's like a coolness, and that's like, Adam just seems so cool all the time. Like, there's this reserved quality that he has, and when I get to talk to him, he's like just as passionate and crazy as me in some, you know, some ways, but he's able to not give it all away uh, immediately, and I mean, you'll hear like how we start this off, Just, just both of us having that problem when someone asks, you know, how you're doing, like, Mine is I tell them and sometimes that's more than people want to know. And his thing is like realizing that, you know, that question is much bigger than people seem expected to answer. Um, and you can make it weird and you go as big as the question is. How are you doing? Anyway, let's segue into it. So I hope you enjoy this uh, lovely convo about being a person with one of my favorite people, Adam Bush. Thanks. Bye. I think it's undeniable that when you roll up a lot of experiences, you just start to go like, Oh, okay, that's th- like your first heartbreak is like the world's ending. And then the second one's still pretty fucking bad. But you're like, Oh, it didn't kill me last time, you know?
0: I mean I've read about it.
2: Sure. <laughs> yeah, that's you.
0: Definitely. It was really just something that my chorus teacher in elementary school used to make us say in unison, and I hated it. She would say, Good morning, boys and girls. Good morning, Mrs. Lark. How are you? She'd say, Better and better, thank you. How are you, boys and girls? And we would all say, Better and better, thank you, like in unison. And I hated it. But I haven't come up with a better response to how are you since then. Because <laughs> normally, whatever I say, the response I'll get is, What? Yeah. I don't want that. That's the worst thing.
2: When you say better and better and they say what?
0: No, if I don't say that, if I say anything else, if somebody's like, how are you? If I'm not using that, if I go, oh, fine, or I'm okay.
2: They're like, what? That's funny.
0: But now I say better and better and everybody's pleasantly surprised.
2: That's interesting. Yeah, do you think people, when people ask that, how are you doing? I, a lot guess, I guess a lot of time they don't really mean.
0: I've never been good at it and I used to actively not believe in it and think it was bullshit until I got a dog. And then I learned. Oh, this is like a thing we have to do. This is no different in the way they have a little process where they sniff and they check. Oh, that's good. They do the eyes, make sure the eye contact things are right, then we move around, and then we're good. Like, that's what it is. How are you is, are, are you crazy? Yeah. And you yeah. have to say... No, I'm not crazy. It's a beautiful day today. How are you? Right. And you go, okay, we can do that.
2: It's like, yeah, just a normalcy test. Do you know how to do this dance? Do you know how to just right. answer the pleasantries For correctly? our safety,
0: I guess, for our own. Because if it's the most difficult question to actually answer to even your best friend, yeah. let alone a perfect stranger,
2: like how are you? Yeah, take a minute, check in, tell us how are you. It's very hard to answer. I and remember having a moment in therapy uh, years ago that was like a big wake up moment for me, where uh, my therapist said, "You know, how are you feeling?" Like just as like a how, are you, how are you feeling? And you just start crying. Basically, yeah. kind of, mm-hmm. because I sat there and I just said, "I don't know," and I tried to like, and I realized I couldn't, I couldn't feel my body, like I couldn't feel below my neck, you know, that I was like, I don't know, I couldn't tell you, you know. Like the question of how are you feeling, and I was like, I don't think I can really feel my physical feelings. You know, I couldn't. I was there was like a disconnect. You know, there's this idea that like your body stores trauma. That like Attention. you know, 100%. yeah. I mean, Absolutely. you told me a story once about a masseuse encounter that you had. Not not a not like <laughs> that kind of a masseuse, which I didn't realize. I guess is like somebody told me that online. Like, please don't use the word masseuse. Like, use I just oh, thought really? it was a word for a massage person. But they body said. Rubber? What?
0: Body rubber? What do they want to be called?
2: No, yeah, like physical, uh, physical body therapist? worker. I think body worker is...
0: They prefer body worker? I masseuse?
2: think body worker and something else. Maybe physical therapist or something like that. But but that masseuse had like overtones of like a sex worker or something like that.
0: See, to me, body worker sounded...
2: It sounds a little more... Yeah. I don't know. Body worker. <laughs> but like you told me about somebody who you were like got a massage and you were you were like amazed that they were pressing at a spot in your back and you were almost gonna be like what the fuck are you doing stop oh, please no, stop it hurt
0: she took two fingers right in between my shoulder blades and just started it wasn't massaging or pleasant at all it was just two fingers as hard as they could pressing in and in and i started i, 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 I and then i said stop and what was so incredible was that she didn't listen to me she knew yeah even against my wishes and it did after a minute something went and I just, my whole body collapsed and I started laughing and crying at the same time.
2: Yeah, it's weird. It was something was stored in there that she knew. Did you ever like feel, did you like investigate that and try to think of like what you were putting there? Did you feel different? I'm pretty sure that whatever I put in there,
0: I've now doubled since then.
2: Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's real. I don't know. I've been thinking about that stuff a lot. Like, it's weird, uh like new pains that we're earning from like technical things like, like our thumbs work all the time on usually your dominant hand. And that, that, um, this came with my mom, like, and it, and my mom's like, uh, knows a lot about body stuff, yoga, personal stuff, and that it just travels right up. Like it's all connected. It's right at the crook of your elbow and then it goes up into your shoulder and it's in the back of your neck and in your head, all from your thumb, just doing this thing all day that our body didn't do for all these years. And I, and I kind of feel like there's, uh, if, if you can store traumas in this, like, like, a an energetic or like an uh, emotional experience can be lock up something physically, then, then kind of like the way if you fake smiling, it'll make you feel happier sometime like that. We can create uh trauma feelings like depression, anxiety or from a lockup. Mm-hmm. So if we're doing this with a thumb all day and it's creating this like thing where we're clenching all the time in the back of our neck in this little way, you're literally interfering with the uh, nervous system traveling up and down your spine. And that can like, inhibit your feeling of well-being in a very real practical way. I know it's just weird to think about. I mean, I think humanity is such a petri dish right now of like mechanical systems with, with just the phone. i said this a few times on here probably, but like that I've just been realizing that when I look in my phone for a certain amount, like it's just a belt sander to my frontal cortex. It just feels like it's just grinding down my like well-being or humanity. And yeah. I think it's doing it to everyone.
0: And I think... You can add to that, like, and anything you don't deal with emotionally is stored physically, like, there's somewhere in your body. Yes, that you are holding it in.
2: I definitely think that's true.
0: And until you deal with it, and you can see it how people, yeah, sit and stand and where their voice is—if it's high or low or pinched or like where it's at—sometimes yeah. just facial tension makes people's voices very different.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna steer it a little bit towards you off of that because one of the things I want to talk about with you. I mean, it's weird because some some people I talk to on here I don't have such a natural like we go pretty deep and wild. I'm experiencing this right now. It's like we have conversations that just go normally. This is borderline incoherent. You understand that? It, of course. Like to anybody, this is what it is. Not in the room. Maybe we'll find out. But with but it's almost like now that I've and other people there's because uh, I talked to you before. Like there's this artifact quality. It's like now we're now we're recording it, and so now we're going to have a talk. And some people that turns we experienced this on uh, my music when we first met we would have this epiphany about like because you and I both came from traditional acting backgrounds and a lot of people came from the YouTube one and this thing would happen where camera would turn on to do the scenes and you and I would just be like doing our scenes doing our thing no big deal and everyone else would be kind of like uh but then the behind the scenes cameras would come out and you and I would be like what the fuck is going on and everyone else would be like I'm a person now I'm the real me yeah. and uh and now I'm, I'm feeling like that's happening a little bit with like I've got, to, I've got to remember to, to interview you a little bit. You know what I mean?
0: I've tried to institute a rule where I don't chit-chat before the podcast. Usually if I don't Interesting. know the, Ooh, that's... Because I'll, you know, you're...
2: I've I've been doing the opposite because, especially if I haven't seen them in a while, like to loosen up kind of, like we get into a flow. It's kind of funny because I think you and I just have such a natural flow that like didn't need to do that, but it was just fun. It was good for me.
0: I remember when I was like, kid i did a bit on the howard stern radio show in new york and i was a big fan yeah but like the way they were in the commercial break Mm -hmm. the recording light would just go on and you didn't know and they just continued without stopping like it was exactly how it was
2: what do you mean i don't know if i get what you're saying like while the commercial break's going on it would just keep recording you mean? The
0: how they're talking to each other when the commercials would stop and they'd go back on. It was seamless. There was no acknowledgement that the light had gone on and the conversation didn't shift at all.
2: Well, I do think that 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 his show, especially when it was like new and that was like that was the quality of it that was so remarkable was the feeling that they were literally just there talking to each other and it was not manufactured at all. Which is what would get people to have these like outrageous scenes on the that came from the Howard Stern show was just because. I think he probably creates a vibe in there for the people that are like, no, it's just us. It's just us doing this talk and this talk, you know, and you forget that there's like a billion people listening or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I was, gonna, I was thinking about like, okay, so you're an actor. You're an actor and you're also, you're also a singer. Uh, and you've done that musician thing your whole life. So you're very familiar with your body being different things, like different things taking it over and that what it speaks and something I've always been struck by with you from the, from when I first met you was like this kind of, you have a containment and like the, your voice is you have a, you have a voice you speak in a way that has always forced me to like lean in and and other people have to, you know, you create like a space for them to come into and you're never going to like come out and try to grab them. Uh you know what I mean? Like you you'll you'll leave an invitation. It sounds but, accurate, I've never thought. But about you'll it. never you know and I've and I have always been really in awe of that. I always felt that you were just like so jazzy. Like you're just like this cool, this vibe of coolness that I envied, you know, because I've always felt my whole life very about like I I'm going to make pe- I'm so I got to make people like me. I'm going to go get them. I'm going to I'm going to be funny in front of them. Gonna, if if I'm if I'm going to be cool, it's an active kind of like cool, you know, like and the ability to uh trust that you're just whatever you are is what you are. And I and I'm just curious about that because that's how I perceive it. As I've gotten to know you more, I've realized we had more in common in our processes and our receiving of the world in terms of thinking about everything a million miles a minute and you know whatever you can invite each other to anything yeah you're I, someone 100% will,
0: i never have to worry about whether you'll enjoy it or if you know what it is like we're yeah. both up for
2: anything which is uh, a really special quality i'm glad that you have because that is true that's the worst feeling some is like i'm happy
0: finding the one thing i liked or that moved me in an entire piece just one thing mm-hmm. and i feel grateful i was there
2: but do you feel that way about like your life like the way you approach reality Meaning, I'm sorry if that's like too broad, but I mean like that, what you just said, and I don't know if you were meaning to answer the question when you were saying it, but is sort of my perception of you is like you will find one small thing in a whole like we met on this show, My Music, that was ridiculous. Like the whole experience. And I, I remember being with you, like, why are you doing this? You know, because you cause you didn't have, you know, you are an established actor doing all these bigger shows and stuff all the time since you were a kid. And so I was like, why are you doing this thing for like no money that we don't even know what it is? And you kinda it kind of I think your answer was sort of along the lines of like, this is the future and this is interesting and this is different. And and you wanted to there's a quality of like You just want to go see. Like, you'll find one thing. Mm -hmm. Tell me It was
0: that bit. It was finding out that, like, actors are actors. Newscasters are newscasters. You wouldn't necessarily want to see John Penn read the news, but he's a great actor. It's a different skill. Yeah. YouTube is a different skill. Looking at the camera and immediately making it a person Mm -hmm. is its skill. It's its own skill, and I certainly as you mentioned, don't have that. When like you put the camera on just me and I'm not quite sure yeah. what to do, I can find with a script. But if I have to be me, I don't quite know what that is enough to just make the other person feel comfortable and make the camera a person.
2: Did you ever feel like you wanted to try cultivating that?
0: That's why I did
2: it. Do you think That's why be- I'm
0: doing this with you now. Really? 100%. I want to get to the point where I listen to myself on something and I don't regret anything I say. And I'd rather be um, more careful with my words and say less than hear myself just being agreeable or maybe going to some point that I don't stand by or that I think back on and go, oh,
2: that's not... You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I think that's a good quality to have. I I, I was talking about this with... Uh uh, one of the listeners, Terry, was like saying that we had a conversation about something and they were like, uh, some people think to talk and some people talk to think, you know, think like to think. Of another. And I'm very much I talk to think like I have to say things out loud to 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 know if I believe them sometimes.
0: I'm hyper aware of what's going on with whoever's around me and 100 percent unaware of my own basic feelings and needs. Like I'll be hungry and I don't. know Yeah. Why. But. If I'm talking to someone and they're not interested or engaged, I can't continue. I'll just trail off. But other people, you notice when they're talking, you're like, you don't see how disinterested I am or you're not responding at all to me looking away or checking the time. (laughs) Like, oh, you actually, you do see it. You just don't care. You don't need me to be
2: engaged. You're just talking. And that's something else that is interesting. I don't know that maybe there is something tied to like, a uh, theater thing for that for me and i was thinking like theater's a really weird art form to choose because you can't go do it alone in a room like you need uh you need an audience really all you need to do theater is an audience and a space like you can't just go act by yourself I'll take it further you can you can work on your one-man
0: show and you can perform it yeah. by yourself but a comedian can't do that
1: a comedian
0: um, needs someone yeah. there that's true to just practice. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. you know.
2: Well, cause I mean, so, so I was like, you know, cause if you paint something or, or make a piece of music and right. record or something, it, it has its own thing. But, uh, that there is a quality. I've, I've, I was joking about it recently just cause the, as things get crazier, I tweeted something about it like that, my favorite thing to do is corner my best friends with like psychotic screeds. (laughs) And, uh, and like I did it to a friend. I was recently doing this sketch show batch and, and they're just wonderful. And the friends were at lunch. I'm talking to my friend Maddie and like, And I was going on and on about, like, what I thought God was or something. And I don't know where. It was just because of the news. It was because of something. And she goes, like, I don't know what you've said for the last minute and a half. And I just said, I'm so sorry. Thank you. And uh, it's interesting because sometimes I do think the person not listening is a matter of them. They don't give a shit about the person in front of them. Uh, Sometimes in my lived experience, I I very much care, but I've just disappeared. Like, I've... I've gone into like a fugue state of something and it's not a true like it never feels like absorbed with my experience but it feels like I'm just disappeared like the thought is to I have to work it out and I don't know how to work it out inside it has to be outside somewhere and uh, I have doing this actually I started before we started doing it I started practicing talking alone because I realized I could do it when I would have conversations but I couldn't be with myself which then comes back to that thing of like well what do you how are you feeling? it's exactly what it comes back to and it comes back to if you have to say it out loud
0: to figure it out yeah that's because you need another person there to see how they feel about it and you're not maybe trusting your own
2: i think that's true i think that's true because i think uh I don't just I just don't trust my own humanity or something like that. Like I rely very much on this like interconnected humanity feeling. And also I guess like without without people to make it relevant to like you're saying with the like the check-in, the like the smell each other's butts thing that we have to do as people to make sure that we're insane. Is there there's like I do have a a feeling often of like estrangement from reality and from humanity in my body and this person, and so I have to check in and be like, "Does this make sense to you? Do you hear this? Does this resonate with you?" Which is then why, when I hear in art or other people, and when I have these conversations or any or, or just hear them talk, and you hear you have that experience of your thoughts coming out of someone else's mouth, it's so like, "Oh, okay. Oh, we're just people. Okay, good. Absolutely."
0: When I was at my lowest, and everyone around me was aware of it it was the one person who seemed to kind of care the least who was just like oh yeah I've been through that that's the worst yeah it took me like a year to recover from that I was like immediately set free like immediate. oh yeah. my god that's all I'm, and they still have no idea what they casually said the impact that had yeah where you're just like
2: you ever feel like so I was like oh yeah it happens
0: and you're like thank god
2: yeah I mean but those are extreme cases I have to think about those examples too sometimes of like you, know, you just fall in love with someone on the street they have no idea you exist whatever and, and and they'll never there's no way they could they walked past you and you they just you fell in love for a moment uh i think sometimes it's nice to think like someone's done that t- with you someone's fallen in love with you like without you knowing and you'll never know each other you walk past and they fell in love with you for a moment absolutely however i'm 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 pretty sure that never happened i
0: think <laughs> you're strange. wrong i was for sure office depot at noon, wearing, an I guess, an army jacket, and a beard. I might have had the hood up. And I was going to get ink for the printer. Mm-hmm. And a, a family was coming out as I was walking in. Mother, father, son, daughter. And I saw the mother, as we passed each other, just slightly pull the child in <laughs> to her and away from me. And I thought to myself, that's good parenting. <laughs> yeah. That's a smart incident.
2: I I... Uh when I see mothers and children together, I like think of it like bears. Like I try to not get between them, like very unconsciously. This happened the other day where like I was walking into a place and it was like sort of that like ingress, egress, like a a public place and the door was just kind of open and people are going in and out. And this woman, her kids or toddlers had like skipped ahead, you know, and they like ran in the door. And I just waited like a few moments because like, well, I'm not going to... walk in after these i just think that's so funny i think that's the dog thing too it's always funny to see like these uh animal traits in ourselves play out even though we have these like high functioning brains and all these other complicated things about being a person like the animal truths like never really go away
0: no and there's so many more we haven't even learned yet they're all just sitting there it's crazy
2: well maybe that's i don't know that's all i don't know that's all part of it with me with you is there's like you have uh a personal power in your presence that is like unreadable to me that i was like very surprised and relieved and like when i got to know you more and i would feel like like sometimes I'll, i don't know i'll I, something will happen i'll you're very calm and then i'll ask some question what do, you, what do you think about this thing or that thing and 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 then it'll be there like all of the like oh, all the huge feelings and it's like a weird great relief to me but i'm also very impressed at like that personal collection or something that personal control
0: i think it comes from I've, I've met other people who who have this where there's
2: two choices there's
0: two options one is i'm gonna dominate i'm gonna run this thing and right I'm gonna, or i'm gonna sit back and i'll wait until i'm needed and i guess i just found over time Either I wasn't getting the reaction I wanted from dominating, or I was just made to feel insecure about it, or Mm -hmm. it was always more effective to let other people give their opinions first because I know I'm going to have a strong one, and it's not going to be affected probably by what everyone says. If I go first, now it's them against me. But if I wait, well, here's another option, guys. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so I hang back a little bit. But it breaks my heart to think, About what you said because yeah I guess I really am That person who's like well you didn't ask And I'll hold it in forever But if you ask I'll tell you and be like, well, why didn't you just? Because you didn't ask.
2: It's funny, and I that's you, not fair. I think because when I knew when I met you, like I, I thought you like just didn't like me. I thought we had like a little bit of a sparring thing when we first met. And then once I don't know what happened. I don't know what I said or what it was, but I remember making you laugh at some point. And it was your very like explosive, like you have these small explosions of laughter. And then I was like, oh, cool. I was like, I guess what I think is interesting about it is, like because we become friends, like. And I don't know. It feels like more like I'm. I don't know what this interview is funny. This is like a different one. But it feels. <laughs> it's it's very interesting. I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting some stuff out. But it felt like. It felt like you're the cool kid, and so and then like, for whatever reason, it it it, it doesn't even feel. It feels like physics. It feels like something about the way you. I want to say withhold, but I don't think you're doing it conscious. Maybe you are. Is like makes me want approval, and I see other people around it with you too. Like wants you to like it, and like to have passed through that and gone like, ah, oh, well now we're now we're just like people who see each other and we know more about each other. So that's a little bit diffused. And to look back and go like, to, it's like you're a different person to me now. At some point we crossed through a threshold, and whoever that figure was, I can still recognize them in you. I don't know. I I, I guess I'm just – I'm so fascinated by that power because it is a personal – Well, this taps into what
0: you've been talking about a lot on your podcast and what we've been talking about and which is those things that we're insecure about or trying to hide or get rid of are probably the best things about us. Ooh, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And if I'm – like I think it was – in. took classes at Strasbourg with Al Pacino when I was like a teenager because he would oh give this master class. And I remember how short he was. And I remember that he didn't know he was short. And he would speak in this way and people would bend into him to hear. And there was one time he was standing next to this very tall actor named Richard Cox. And this guy's like bending. He's hunched over mm-hmm. to hear what this guy's saying because this guy is not going to project for you. You're going to lean into him. He made being short cool. He made it the desirable thing in the room. I wish I was down there so I could hear everything. Like, Whoa, yeah. Whatever we're embarrassed of is probably our best quality. And if we feel something strongly, there's no reason we shouldn't say it.
2: Man, that's like a lesson. I don't know. I mean, we're all doomed to learn the exact same thing over and over, over again. Over and over and over. But fuck that one, That that one about... Just when you listen to that thing in in you that's truly yours, like, I mean, I I say a lot of very glibly these days, like, especially in the age of the internet, there's a lot of people with uh, mistaking opinions for points of view, and that, like, an opinion gets thrown out there in the feed. Someone will open their mouth to say something, and I go, Oh, I read that article too. You know what I mean? You start to, like, feel that way. We all just, Oh, I get it. I know what you're supposed to think. I know your opinion that was given to you by someone with an opinion. But, like, to hear an opinion, to hear a million opinions, and then, like, go from your, i always love the term point of view because it's a literal vantage point, like this yeah. physical space to say like, where are you viewing this from? is so hard to check in with and actually to feel, to like know your thoughts and then to speak them. But anytime you can, it, I don't think it's, like if you pretend that you're speaking from a place of point of view a- and it becomes very evident quickly that it's not, that it's somebody else's ideas or thoughts or something that you thought was clever but not true to you, it's like repulsive. But if you can speak from that true point of view of your actual feelings, and your actual truth, it's almost always rewarded like with some response that pe- it resonates with people in a way that's like whatever what you're saying, more of whatever that is, please. Yeah. You know,
0: I-, I programmed documentaries for this film festival. And I've never made a documentary in my life. Yeah. The first year I was a programmer, I remember it was me and all these documentary filmmakers. And we had all watched some films and we were getting together to have a meeting. And the head of the documentary department's first thing they said was, okay, uh, Adam, you gave this film a 10 and everyone else gave it a zero and killed it. What's up with that? So I explained to them how this film called, uh, you're looking at me like I live here, but I don't. Mm. how it just moved me. I couldn't really explain why. They explained to me that it had no plot. It had no point. It was just like home movie sliced together with no real purpose and that it wasn't even a film. Mm. They had made documentary films. I had not. This was my first year. I said, okay, got it. You guys are right. I'm learning. I ended up checking up on that film a year or two later and it had become the official film for the disease of Alzheimer's. If you go to alzheimers.com, the first thing it says is if you or a loved one have been diagnosed with this disease, the first thing you need to do is watch this film. You are looking at me like I live here, but I don't and learn what life is like from their perspective, which is everything I saw in the film. PBS bought it. BBC bought it. It has had such a huge life and done so much good. I've been I'm now the head of programming there and I've been doing it for like eight years and every year, it's the only reason I do it, is so I can meet the new programmers and tell them this story. Mm. And then I just wanna go, I don't really wanna program anymore. I just wanna tell them this story and go, so don't listen to anyone. Don't listen to a great filmmaker. I don't care if you have no experience. If you feel something, you fight for it because you will know what's best. And there's no reason to ever back, I mean,
2: sure, learn
0: things but if you have a feeling like you're saying yeah learn how to express it the best you can because that's enough and it's valid
2: yeah i there's uh i heard someone you once say like that about uh america like that, that were like america's really bad at um preventing disaster and really good at dealing with it like i don't know if that's true anymore but like that once something was broken, oh, that sounds about right because that sounds like me that's that's what it Made me think of what you were saying. And I'm was, American, but was I'm I think we're all quite American, good and bad. And uh, like, if you are, if you're here, I mean, I think about that all the time. Like America, we are really, truly, oh yeah. all descended from just like criminals and maniacs and it's you, you weirdos. It's true, and that's why we're so. And all the things sta- that are
0: strengths, we
2: call weaknesses.
0: All the expressions yes. of sensitivity right. and of empathy right. are considered weakness and not right. strength, and that's backwards. completely advantage of to to people that are competitive or people that are not empathetic like they just assume the rest of the world is like them yeah like and if you're allowing them to have something over you you must have a real you're playing long ball now like they'll never ever believe that you are just being selfless no no it's not an no, option no available way. well i
2: always the other thing that's funny like because because people love to do this thing about like that there's no altruism that there's like well anything you can trace back to like well if you're doing something nice for someone at the very least because it makes you feel good to do something nice and i and i always drew great like contention with that i was it's like possible yeah yeah but I was it's, like, it's not possible, always but the case exactly like this idea that to some people, they just don't believe. I mean, that to me is like capitalism. You're infected by this idea that everything needs to have a price or, or a reason. Incentive. The lie of incentive that you wouldn't do anything. And it makes me think of that because that, that documentary, There two. this is a second thought about it now. One was then this, was like, you see, these people see it who are great filmmakers and know how to make narratives and stuff like that and are like, this is done wrong. There was no, there's no incentive. There's no correct like cause and response in this form. So it's bad. And I feel like when you're describing, I mean, you could, you could replace Alzheimer's, which this one specifically is for any other of a million variations of mental disorder that all of us have that and and go, people say to you, like your narrative is wrong. The way you're processing and having cause and effect is wrong. But like the reality of that being your truth and if you can avoid tamping it down because people are telling you the way you process narrative is wrong, you know, everybody buys it because they go, there it is. There's me. Fuck. Really good. But the other thought I had about the American thing when you were saying that was that, like, I feel like Americanism, <laughs> I'll just call it that now because I think I need to start calling that instead of, like, capitalism because it is a uniquely American way to do things, Well, is really good at, at post-game breakdowns saying well oh here's how this worked and that's why this happened and blah blah and then you base everything in the future on the post game of the game that already happened so with movies it's like well we learned how to make narratives we know what you need need this blah blah blah, blah and then this happens happen and that's this cause and effect and this documentary comes along that breaks that mold and does something different and you have all these experts in the room who right. will go nah we know well how do you know well because we failed before, and we learned how to break down the failures and break down the successes and kind of mimic them, and now we teach that. But there's always going to be need to be someone who, like, a new fuck-up will happen, and from that fuck-up, you'd learn new things. I guess I'm, like, equating new fuck-ups with also moments of brilliance. It's a mutation. A new fuck-up is, like, a mutation of a cell. This movie's a mutation of this art form. And from that mutation, a lot of people go, like, oh, well, we better clean that up. Right. But... Within that, I don't know, I guess I'm really going off on it now, but there is something like really nice in this metaphor for us as individuals, like who all feel like broken weirdos who like don't fit whatever we know. I mean, I guess you've really made a life out of that, too, of like pursuing your truth. Well, I mean,
0: certainly finding the answer to that question you were just asking has been one of my missions, which is like fetish. Like we get these documentaries about furries, you get them about bronies, you get mm-hmm. them about any group that's come together over a shared love of one thing that before was the thing that made them feel separate from everyone right. alone and isolated and is now the reason for their family, you know? Like yep. what what comes with that? Like, Like what is that, someone's watching My Little Pony at home alone, And they just get a feeling and they're like, I don't, this is just speaks to me. I don't know why. And they find some guy in Sweden that feels the same way. And they're like, oh my God, like whatever your perversion is, whatever is that thing you can never tell your husband and wife is someone else's, whatever it is, someone in the world is sitting there going like, if I could just find someone who, and you two feel so isolated and so separate because of this thing that should be bringing you all together
2: well I also think that stuff in particular is interesting too because there's like in a global scale thing it doesn't I I don't know I guess what the thought you just gave me was like horses or uh, in the case of My Little Pony magical horses like your, your brain is seeing these magical horses that are being presented to you. the only place you're seeing them which is this cartoon show but for most of human like there are plenty of instances of human history of like worshipping these magical horses of like the magical horse I mean there's there's all this really great horse mythology that I've like read like, it like I gotta like be honest with you it
0: never even occurred to me that it would be about horses until you even mentioned it now well,
2: but I'm just saying there's something like in this like shared dream visions that like for some people will cue into it and yep. understand it to be some other thing and it's just weird in this time where we're like post ironic and we have all these like postmodern and we know how to you know everything's a business and everything has this facade to like that we forget for some people they will still be attuned and they will still like this image will come to them this is why I was like like Neil Gaiman stuff Mm -hmm. was like he has such a good ability of making you feel like the world you live in is a folktale. Like, the world we live in with, like, bricks and streets and, like, yes. taxis is a magical one, as magical as the forest with the woodsman and the grandmother and the, like, witch. And, you know, like, that's where we're still living. And so when you hear this, or, like, putting on the skins of animals and dancing around and being, like, a shapeshifted creature or something like that, like a furry wood. like, now it seems so silly and strange because we all, like live in this modern societies that have a, a an understanding sort of like self-reflection on like, well, oh, we're past. History's over. You know, like time is over. Magical stuff is over. Like we live in this age now where we understand everything. But some people will see that and still it will resonate with them the same way these magical dream thoughts that we like, these shared monomyth dreams. They, I just think it's weird to think that they creep out somewhere in society. You know?
0: Wouldn't that be nice if it was really... Like, that's a much better way to look at it. Like, Sandman, what if, you know, we all have these fraught relationships with our family members. It's always push and pull. But what if it was as specific as Sandman, where, like, your mother is death, your father is dream, your sister is anarchy. Like, what if and how you are dealing with them is exactly in your relation to, like, how you're dealing with your grandparents is your relationship to death. So it's going to be back and forth. I. I, But it's best to keep it. I think Good. that's
2: why Neil Gaiman's stuff like resonates so much, especially with you, with you and I with people who really have made narratives like a very ruling factor of their life, like fulfilling them. I think Terry Pratchett said something. I think it was a quote from him, I always associated it. I heard it from a, a read a quote from him <clears throat> that he said like narratives have a life of their own. they live in the ether and we just give them body and we give them body either by like writing them in stories or in songs or in plays or movies or whatever or by living them out and that like that's and you know Joseph Campbell like all the mono, yeah Campbell right like all the monomyth stuff is like that we repeat the same stories Star over Wars. and over again it's Star Wars yes definitely in our writings and our epics and our myths but like you see the same stories in societies or I was thinking about the, there's a more uh, complicated and nuanced version to describe it. But like the trite one is that they say like um, hard times make strong people and strong people make good times and good times make soft people and soft people make bad times and that the cycle will continue forever. And I think that's like, there's something like a little bit trite about that and not fully true, but there is a lot of truth that we st- keep making narratives with like villains that we put into power, so that you have villains that you can usurp, and like then the good guys can win again.
0: We see what you just said. That's the fundamental American thing, and that's the problem. I'll the usurping have. of
2: the villains thing. Putting no, the villains that somebody
0: power? is a villain and somebody else is good. That this person right. is a good guy and that person is a bad guy. Right. And I find that so boring to watch when a guy doesn't doubt himself. Or a woman never has a moment of like it's just a mission and why because they have to and yeah. that's it and they well, will do whatever they can like, and that person's a villain right that yeah. person's doing bad because they want to do bad like there right. are monsters
2: right there are no, we're all well, don't monsters you, don't you think we are definitely all monsters but we're don't all you good? think we're all bad I feel like the the specifically American. Hero is the anti-hero now, the one who hates himself, who's like, I don't belong in this world. Is it? I mean, that, I do. There's
0: like, certainly I do art that reflects it, but that feels European, like the superheroes and the war movies and the things that are American. Yeah, that Americans like. Not. Yeah,
2: but everybody always ends up liking like, like. There's a reason everybody like Clint Eastwood more than they like John Wayne. Ultimately, you know. There's like, like, or is, I, I can't tell you if that's true. Or you don't false. think so? Maybe I'm wrong. Is Maybe that I'm true? wrong.
0: It sounded like something you just said.
2: No, I, I thought that that was like a given. That like, well, maybe it was more like you're in one camp or the other, like Batman or Superman. Like, like that there do was you the have John to be Wayne in a camp. I guess no, do. you don't have to. But I think there was the the, the feeling is that there's you know the same way you'd be like are you Slytherin are you gryffindor like like you're either a batman or you're a superman because they're like and i you know what's funny about that is as i've matured like i always thought i was batman because right. batman was like the fundamental expression of humanity and like pushing right. itself to its greatest And there was
0: a motivation and it was dark and yeah it and was his like yeah, yeah, psychosis being played out
2: yes his darkness and was like and his striving to be you know but now that i'm older i and i feel like i have a Uh, Less angsty sense of the world I literally like went Read one article one time That like turned it all Topsy-turvy for me And I was like Wait a minute Just in its fundamental state Batman A billionaire Like an insane billionaire Thinks the best way He can help the world Is punching poor people In an alley somewhere Mm -hmm. Is spending like 30 years To be a fucking ninja And then punch poor people Like that's what he thinks Mm -hmm. Whereas you have Superman who's not even from here. He's like not even one of us. He just empathizes with like these beings that live and care and deserve wellness. And he has all the power in the world to do anything he wants. And he uses it with restraint and with like kindness and generosity. He works a day job. And he works a fucking day job. And his day job is being a journalist. Like someone who believes the most powerful thing is the truth. And
0: uncovering the truth. Yes. See,
2: and hides himself. He hides himself not when he's doing heroics. He hides himself in normal life so nobody knows, and then shows his real self when he's strongest, saying like the strongest version is
0: your real self. See, I feel like that's fantasy. That's not reality. I, that's a wish, dream fulfillment of a god figure, and that Batman is what it's really like.
2: I think. So yeah, we gotta be I in camps. I think you're right. We gotta be in camps. in camps. But I think my my feeling was just that like. I guess as I got older and the world feels like it gets darker and I don't think it's gotten darker when you look at the history of the United States and really see what's going on and what's been going on the whole time. We've done villainous things forever. Like just, you know, like when you learn about Teddy Roosevelt and like, how much he just loved the idea of war because it was like fun. He called the Spanish American War a splendid little war, you know? Like, vile. Like, you just realize it's always been these dark things. I find myself more and more being like so drawn to the aspirational good, like to the God figures that we can like aspire to be like. Whereas I feel like prior to that, but it was. You'll
0: always fall short and you'll. Oh,
2: of course. But in the yeah, falling that's, short, that's yeah, like. That's the, where it all is. That's, that's where the beauty. Is. Is. Yeah. Like as opposed to right. this idea that you're gonna your greatest power is gonna be in giving. But again, in that's to,
0: Superman. Like he doesn't fall short ever due to his own limitations. Like, no,
2: he falls short due to his principles. Or that he to that he he,
0: kryptonite, and that's really it.
2: Uh that's fair. No, because but he, he does well he there's doesn't
0: doubt. He's uh, never like
2: there's Yes, you're right. He never has a moment of reflection. It, it's, no, I think he I think he does like because he's He gets like he can be manipulated by the threat of other people being harmed. You can take advantage of his unwavering
0: empathy for these other creatures. Right. That's not really realistic. And I think to think if you were to land on another planet Mm -hmm. and didn't speak the language and it was all these people, maybe your superior first instinct would be like, well, I just got to live here and keep them all together until somebody comes and gets me and anything short of that you're you're not close to god is a lot to ask of people and anything short of that yeah if you're like i'm getting take a minute or i'm going to take a wife or i'm going to take a yeah a beat or i'm going to work a job or and this is with the idea that you have godlike
2: powers right Yeah, yeah even just for i mean even
0: god rested on the seventh day right
2: yeah that's funny if you believe that if you believe that I mean, I think uh, this whole week the theme of all every weirdly every other interview I've done this week we like get into Bible stuff. Really? Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. There's, maybe there's something in the air, but I just think there there is. I gotta stop breathing. Uh, maybe the maybe the deal has to do with like again just the narrative thing that we're like the narrative that is expressed in like the Bible and and the Torah, like the the Abrahamic faith stories. So much dictate like the way we've structured like all of society. These are those things I'm talking about where like if your impulse
0: is not of the greatest good, then you're inhuman. Not, oh, that's a human. Oh, yeah. The human goes like, oh, I found some money. I should probably give it away. Maybe I'll keep a little for myself. That is what a human does. That's a human. That is a human. And And that you're, how dare you even doubt yourself? How dare you even doubt God? How dare you even doubt anything? It's like, yeah. And you're weak because of it. And I think that's a strength. You're you're weak because of the doubt. That's what society would tell you. If you're, that's what the no, hero well, I think in, the, the da- in the film. Uh,
2: well, no, I think, but don't I think? I think. Well, I guess you said earlier, and I went and I just bought my head and agreed that you said like Superman has no doubt, but I think he has like lots of it. Okay. It's just not the same as. I no, no, no. Actually, I I would argue that I would argue <laughs> going down this road more. I would argue that. Superman is way more full of doubt because he's constantly like, "Am I doing the right thing? I'm tr- I'm doing my best to I'm trying to hold myself to this code." Batman's much more like As a very clear goal. The ends justify the means. He will he is he will do fucked up well, things. Let me ask you this:
0: like when I said once, uh, um, "If if you would you do volunteer work if you couldn't post about it, like, mm-hmm. what if there was a rule? How many people would just not do volunteer work because if I can't, right, I? right, right, right." <laughs> Batman and Superman, both, as you pointed out, they insert themselves in their name and their presence into these situations. If there was right. a greater way to do more good, but they were like, yeah, but you don't get the credit for it. Right. Would they still do Well, I think, I think surely it'd be fair. Surely Batman with all the money and all those things could be doing a lot yes. more on a grander scale. And I think
2: a real Batman fan would probably tell me that he is doing, like that the Wayne Foundation also has boys clubs and well, stuff. I don't want to go down I there. just think, I just think there's a very funny thing that in addition to his like, you know, charities that the wayne foundation does he has to dress up in pajamas and punch people
0: he can't even send other people because he would be better off managing the whole thing
2: exactly which is interesting which is like the theory is
0: that the president will protect him because he's the smartest one to lead this war yeah i don't want him on the front lines i
2: think maybe it bothers me as i get older too because there are real life batmans and well lex Luthor's more actually where you're like like Jeff Bezos has employees like passing out cause there's not air conditioning in these Minnesota factories and blah, blah, blah. And then goes into interviews saying like, honestly, I just don't know what to do with my money. So I'm going to like build rockets. And you're like, Oh, you piece of shit. Like, you know, well I what I really think is they're like he's the
0: good guy or the bad guy he's the bad guy
2: I mean he's the fucking I mean well this is this is the problem I had too I remember when the healthcare thing was coming out that like Amazon was like saying we're gonna maybe get into the health insurance game I was like how should I feel about this because for the consumer Amazon's an amazing product Prime works like it's cheap and it's here and it's wonderful and I love that but for his employees he's awful like his factory workers and his people like it's really bad like they don't take pee breaks because they're so scared of all you know and you're like so so which one is he going to treat us like, like when he's doing the insurance adjusting? Are oh, we cons- are the employees? Because that's what when it will it comes be. comes
0: down to it, and this is the lamest way to judge, a mm-hmm. thing, but I can't help it. Amazon, the service is great. If I want to buy something, I just have to open up the app and press a button. But if I want to change my privacy settings, I have to log in right. twice. Right, 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 right. To just change my settings. <laughs> right, and that's supposed to be for my protection. No, it's because with the two different passwords you're asking for, most people are done by the first Completely. And they just move on. Yeah. But to purchase something, I can just pick up your phone and press a button. That's that's what he thinks of us. Yes. So I'll save No, I think
2: that's right. I don't know. And I, I do think with their rocket plans, they're just like, they see the writing on the wall, and they're like, oh, we got to get off this planet. Like, we got to get off this planet. Not like we as the human race. Like, um, me and some of my friends, me and Grimes, we got to get off this planet. Yeah, yeah it's weird. You it's tell dark. me, I mean, because this is not
0: what we're supposed to be talking about. But it came up recently. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about the pyramids, and oh, having found out yeah. that oh, we nobody really knows. Nobody anything. really knows. And there are like, this is staying as far away from conspiracy as possible. Trying base. Nope. I'm I'm staying away from it, wholly and completely. <laughs> Watch this. There are basic things about these pyramids that we cannot answer. I know. Why are we even bothering going into space?
2: When yeah. we can't answer exactly. what's
0: going on right here, what's up
2: in the Marianas Trench? Get down there! Don't stop! Don't <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Sequest. I wish we lived in that.
0: Oh, Remember he killed that show? himself. I he killed himself
2: a kid. He killed himself. No, uh, the pyramid. That stuff is weird. Jonathan I mean, Brandis. He killed himself. Who did? Jonathan Brandis. Are you serious?
0: Star of Sequest. He killed
2: himself. He was in uh, that movie Sidekicks, right? Too with Chuck Norris. Yeah, and Ladybug with Ronny. He did. Mm-hmm. Why? Do you know why? Or do you know anything? I don't know anything about that. Same reason than anybody. That scares me so much. I, like not. I don't mean to be like glib about it. It's just I feel like I'm like a little numbed out. If like it Kate wasn't Spade this podcast we brought it up, but it seemed no, like a, that is that is
0: because when I was doing Nickelodeon as a kid, he was shooting Sequest on the same lot next door. Weird. And I used to. Yeah. So it's weird when.
2: Yeah. I, that freaks me out. That that makes me like I just I don't know Avicii killed himself right a right. few few weeks months ago and I Kate Spade yeah yeah exactly it, it just keeps happening and it freaks me out because I think uh, I talked about this literally yesterday but it's, it's still valuable it's it's like I'm always like oh I'm past it I got through that I learned how to deal with myself not that's not gonna happen and it scares me to think that you just don't know. What places your brain's going to take you to? Sometimes I had like a depressive episode recently that was very strange because it was very like uh, I could I could see the experience I was having and I would like felt like crying for no reason and all this stuff and this part of me was going like Wow it was like feeling someone else's feelings but they were still very real. I don't know. I think I think probably my the most important instinct to build into yourself is the phone a friend one is like to just know right away to like just to know. Hey, tell someone, tell someone, tell someone. And that to me is the hearing other people say your thoughts thing too and why it's so important to just go like anything you can do to go like, I'm a human, you're a human. We're together. We, there's a web.
0: My parents live in Long Island in East Meadow. And the family across the street from them that I grew up with, the he was a gardener cause across the street. He had the corner house, so he had a, Big garden that he loved, and they when the kids graduated from college and they retired, they were moving to Florida. That was the plan. The husband never really wanted to go to Florida and was pretty adamant to his wife about it, and she insisted. And eventually, she, why why won't you move to Florida? because like, of the garden and the the night patrol that he does with my dad in this little mm-hmm. Long Island town. That's what he's you know that's not a good reason enough to not move to a place. Your wife wants to go. They decided to move. They sold the house. They were packing things up. And he killed himself. Retirement age. Like in his 70s. Killed himself. Trying to wrap your mind around that. That's how much he didn't. And it's not even that. What breaks my heart is not that he didn't want to go to Florida that much. It was that he couldn't tell. Like whatever it was, he could not communicate to her successfully how crippling this was I mean him. the Kate Spade thing I
2: saw her husband release uh, uh, apparently her hell. letter
0: is beautiful I didn't read it I
2: don't know I didn't what read it either I don't know about it. I heard I it I feel like we should
0: read these letters I feel like with maybe serial killers and with suicide like they or there's or, something to learn yeah that's true most of what the Unabomber said has come true Like most I, of the reasons he yeah. did that have come to fruition it doesn't validate it but it's it's all they want from us yeah and it's we never do
2: it this is a dumb left term but it just made me just the the power of reading or something like that but i was i was um i was uh reading a little bit of this uh, pedagogy of the oppressed i've been reading and that guy uh, i forget his fucking name paulo i don't know but he's brilliant he uh he had a lot to do with he, he was like exiled from brazil because he was upsetting the balance of power by like literally by just educating farmers, just teaching them how to read. And that like in reading were these like great tools of self-liberation. And I was watching the remake uh, or the hbo fahrenheit 451 which i quite enjoyed like i think they did a really fun job like i also because i I think about when i saw fahrenheit 451 they showed it to me in junior high and i'm like that's how they'll show this to people as junior high kids you know and like the way they update it for now i like michael b jordan a lot i love michael shannon i have like a personal connection to michael shannon because like the first play i ever did in chicago when i was like 16 was at his theater red Orchid theater and it was before he was like michael shannon all i knew was he was like a cool good actor in Chicago and he was like come sweep the theater and stuff and like after experiences with after him? a preview he was like just like said hey I saw you you're real good in that show and I was like oh fuck you know cause I'm like fucking 16 mm-hmm. um, but I saw him uh, in the pillow age. man a couple years later and mm-hmm. he was just fucking he's mind blowing so I was watching favorite 451 and there's this scene in it where um, they're in this room, the room when they get to the house, that's full of books and stuff like that. And he's, Michael Shannon's along with Michael B. Jordan, who's like his protege. And he goes, Do you want to, have you ever held a real book? And he's like, no. He's like, you, you quick before the other men come back. You want you should check it out, you know? And he, it's Kafka and he opens it. And the way they filmed it was like, they they very close and zoomed in full frame like uh, like a few letters a word takes up the whole frame they read one sentence illuminated and it just says like um how could a man even be considered guilty and like just want, and he just goes and snaps the book shut and in this moment you're like oh wow, that is I took for granted my whole life being able to read how many things like one person on the sh- the thing the one person you fall in love with the one sentence the one idea that never leaves your head. I remember hearing in that hardcore history uh, podcast. you've Ever heard of that? It's Dan Carlin does these history podcasts and talking about World War One. He said the like one of the reasons Russia didn't just like smash World War One, one up and win then was because. They they had uh, Lenin was like in exile from Russia already being a rabble rouser with communism and stuff. He was in exile in Germany and the Germans knew this and they funded him returning to Russia and like kept him funded so he could destabilize just because he had an idea that was so infectious and empowering and that they knew if we if we just let this idea spread like their war machine won't function. And that is like so powerful powerful to think that of the actual power so when you say yes we should read the the letters of madmen and and lost souls it's like yeah you're probably right there's that's i don't know i i I didn't even know they published a whole letter i I heard but that makes me want to seek it out a little bit now just because all all they
0: would want is for i'm guessing to not their name is irrelevant just read what i have to say yeah and all we do is spread their name around and
2: hide the letters and don't spread those around totally it's well. There is an aspect too of some of those things that does feel that does feel very draconian, fascist. Four fifty one. Yeah, like, don't give them what they want. I well, get. Well, that. no, no, no. Not even. Don't give me. No, no. Don't not. Don't give them what they want. But like, what if something they said was true? You know what I mean? It's usually true. It's, that's what the I'm guy saying. who killed John
0: Lennon was like. I just couldn't wrap my mind around this guy saying, "Imagine no possessions," in a mink coat in a private jet. Is that true? Yes. He's got a point. He's got a point. Do you know what I mean? And I it's do. the fact that we can't say those things. I used to have a bit I would do if the if the cab driver wanted to talk. I don't, I don't usually like to talk, but mm-hmm. if they did, I would ask them two questions that are mostly irrelevant now. One, I'd be like, how do you feel about gay marriage? And oftentimes, they'd be against it. And I would ask them why. Because up I had never heard a reasonable argument against it. I heard passionate arguments, but I never heard anything that changed my mind. And I'm genuinely looking for one. And what I found is that most of these strongly held beliefs could not withstand that question.
2: Well, that's like that's like the whole basic truth that all bigotry like like dissolves on contact. Like as soon as you live among people different from you, you're like, oh. I mean, but the fact my, that we can live a life friend, where it's
0: not questioned for so long—this yes. belief that you'll march for—oh yeah,
2: my Zeke, uh, who's on this podcast, he was mm-hmm. telling me that he he went to a wedding uh, back somewhere in South Georgia, which they or, or north or no Panhandle Florida, which is what they call South Georgia or something like that. Very, mm-hmm. similar, very, and that these people there were talking to him and saying, "What's it like living in a sanctuary city?" Like, yeah. they think like ms 13 this mythical fucking gang you know is running around setting things on fire and it's like a fucking you know death wish or something you know they think that and like the the idea that you know it's like no it rules being in a city with a million different kinds of people that's how food is good that's how like like i i that's i have this thing that um the elite the coastal elitism that people get upset about all you know like I just think, I just use coffee as the example. It's like, no, it's objectively better, the things we come up with. Because when you get a lot of different people trying a lot of different things, we mutate faster and we come to a conclusion that's better faster. And people all made fun of like $4 lattes and shit like that that they drink in those cities until Starbucks could be in every gas station in the fucking world. And now all across the country, everyone's drinking $4 fucking lattes with soy milk and shit like that. Because as soon as it's available to have something better and objectively good, like... Suddenly, everyone's like, oh, yeah, that is good. But as long as it's outside of their reach, there's something about it. I don't know, which I do think gets to some of that stuff about, uh, I mean, we were talking on, you know, earlier and about, like, any any example of liberation, a person has liberated themselves and their spirit is being themselves. Often, I think if someone is is so afraid of their own truth and whatever is inside of them or Why has been told that? it's not okay, well, they I think there's a resentment. There's a great, great resentment and fear of that. Thing. What other people think? Oh, well, I what don't know. It? I think conditioning what what is it that keeps it stuck yeah, inside I mean, of you? Yeah.
0: Well why is it that we wouldn't be able to formulate an opinion until we say it out loud and gauge how others feel yes, first and yes. then decide whether it's an opinion or not?
2: Right. That's that's precisely that's what I was gonna say back to you. Yeah. Like, what is it that makes it hard for us to connect with our inner truth in the first place? Even because we're using it as it's easy to say, like, somebody who's bigoted can't connect with their inner truth about, like, the sensitivity they feel or something like that. And so that makes them that makes them hate people who are soft or something like that. Or, you know, like, that's easy. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like acting girly, like a man who's like somebody acts girly. It's like they're afraid of their own instinct to nurture and the lack of it that they had and like the desire they have to love things. I always thought that about like barbecue is like a really, in American culture, it's like the one way men are allowed to nourish their families is like if they put it through this vein of like, this is my domain, fire, and there's fire, and, yeah. and I got a big tool with a huge stick is on it. Is barbecue
0: in American
2: well, no, no. Cooking over fire like that is definitely right. not an American thing, but the American culture of, I wouldn't even think barbecue, although barbecue is right. an extreme, but like the grill out of like the... That's American. That thing. We've adopted it, stolen it from somewhere else. Well, yeah. And I mean, that that's one of those things that's like every human culture. Do you ever watch the like, Michael Pollan uh, series? I think it's called Cooked. And no. each... each uh, It was four episodes on Netflix. really good. It's like fire, earth, wind. It's kind of like the vibe, but like the earth or maybe it's flour I don't know but they do one that's all about bread and they do a one that's all about cooking over fire and like oh, I think you and Lee were talking about that. that's possible that's possible but that it's like just this the there are things in certain in food things that are just like universal yeah, that you are guys just breaking down bread yeah yeah oh yes Lee and I were talking about the bread thing I do think bread is like there's a reason yeah well that was fascinating I
0: didn't even think of that because I'm not a cook like you, but mm-hmm. that these two things that will kill you separately together make.
2: Bread. Yes, they. Yes, exactly. They they mutate. They they also ferment and literally ferment its own new life. You get like B vitamins and stuff in there from these little yeasts. It it is like a miraculous thing. Like you you create like fecund earth from dust from nothing. I, I don't know, and that there is something. So or with the fire, in
0: society, or a thought that's poison. Keep it away. It's no good. Yes. You don't know that because it might meet another poison. And together, yeah,
2: Dude, yes. That's so, That's salt. That's salt. Like chlorine and... Um, what is N-A-C-L, right? right. It's uh, chlorine and... Oh, my God. Whatever the other thing is, that's salt. They're two things that'll kill you. Sodium right. chloride. Sodium and, and chlorine will kill you. Right. But so you put them you together and it's like delicious and essential. What's going to kill you from looking at it? Right. You don't want to have to die to find out. Right. Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. I guess that does get back to the thing. I always thought this thing about myself early on, the reason habits, including bad habits, even if a bad habit was uncomfortable for you, like self-flagellation or something like that, self-flagellating habits, like even if you knew you wanted to break them, the reason they're hard to break is because the human organism craves stasis because all the human organism knows, all the human organism's job to do is keep you alive. And whatever you're doing it knows is working because you're alive. Like the proof is in the pudding. So why would it ever make it easy for you to change anything that you're doing? Even if it's uncomfortable, even if you're like limping through, oh, whatever. It just takes
0: practice and work. Once your body thinks this is a route to something, then that's how we get that. I'm just saying like – it doesn't know there's other ones and it's going to take practice, especially when you've worked yes. one root so deliberately and thoroughly to break out of it but we have to try and fail yeah you might not eat for a couple days finding another way to get food right but that's what it takes you know people I'm gonna I've been working for a year straight I'm gonna go on vacation no you're not Mm-hmm. You think you're just gonna now you're gonna sit by the pool? You're yeah. just gonna do that? Right. And you're considered a failure for not enjoying. What's wrong with me? I'm yeah. here with
2: my family in paradise, and I can't sit still because it's gonna take a little bit. Well, that's you know, and it's funny. I I've heard a long time ago something that like scientists and science-minded folk, I, I guess, like chafe at the at you know artists and philosophers like taking their scientific principles and then like applying it to some like. Emotional or energetic thing because they're like, well, that's not quite how it works But I think about inertia all the time this law of inertia It's like remarkable that that also seems true for habits and feelings that we really do like things perpetuate themselves It's almost like this principle of like life wants life like life wants itself the Khalil Gibran thing children aren't your children Their life's longing for itself that like there seems to be a tendency in the universe for things to want to continue being The thing that it is no matter what so that applies not just to organisms, but it applies to moods. It applies to like uh, momentum and gravity. Like the the idea of of not just stasis but inertia, the tendency of things to want to remain what they are, is just like that's universal,
0: one hundred percent. And I think you can apply it to anything and anything from yeah. inertia to a corporation. Like it's just yeah, that's so given weird that. If anything grows too large, it will very specifically stop doing the thing it was built to do and actually do the opposite. Yeah. Like any protections that are there to keep harmful things from us are now the makers of those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. And it works like that with people and it works like that inertia, the thing that's keeping you moving is now why you're out of control cuz it's gone. Yeah, well, checked. I do
2: think that's how we get to this space that we're in now where like ideas like mean is stop to even have meaning. Like I think like the war machine is like that. <laughs> yeah. like, like this conversation. Like this conversation. I mean, this is this is bound to happen. We we manifested this before when we're like I this did. is just going to be no, I did. But that's I do think me. I do think it's a, it's it's a valuable thing, you know, when when that famous speech of Eisenhower warning against the military industrial complex, it's it's like True, because he knew what would happen was we'd we'd ha- we'd be in this position, we had a moral and just war, we're all going to, quote unquote, but like seems like it in retrospect. You know, there's a lot of shady things about the choices about when we entered seemed very calculated so that because, you know, like after World War II, we we're the only ones with manufacturing capabilities and that's why we rule the world now because – of all exports in all the world came from America in the post-war years. So we set up the International Monetary Fund. We set up the World Bank. And, like, just because we chose to enter the war late and because we were across an ocean, we just got to come out looking like, oh, we did it, you know, when really the Russians did it. But anyway... This idea that you would create a mechanism for some quote-unquote good reason, like we need to all band together to build these planes and these bombers and come up with new technology because we need to defeat somebody who's doing really fucking evil things. Nothing brings people together better and
0: faster than the exclusion of someone else.
2: Ooh, very good.
0: It's not shared love. It's we don't like that. Well,
2: that to me gets back to that thing about the uniquely American thing of we're very good at a disaster and then we respond to it versus... Just trying to head off anything that might lead to a disaster.
0: Yeah, we're so present. We learn every lesson over and over and over again and act like it's brand new each time. Every time. There I we're not talking about Trump at all. I'm just gonna say this one thing. That's fine. And then we're not talking about him. That's but fine. It was it just because it's something we know would be true, but I was shocked at how exactly on point it was. Some YouTube clip of George Carlin talking about Bill Clinton. hmm And you could have just removed the word Bill and It was exactly and he's like, What does the world come to? Right. Bill Clinton, this guy. You know why we like him? He just because we know what he's thinking. We know he's lying. We know it's just so
2: listen to any Bill Hicks act and be like, when did he do this? Right. Oh, he died before. Like the craziest thing about him to me was like listening to his acts that are about a Bush doing a meaningless war in the Middle East and making fun of pop culture's love of someone with last name Cyrus and then like it applied exactly the same 20 yeah. years later like yeah. it was it's so bizarre Yeah, that we keep I mean and you know and I don't we don't need to get into like the political parts of Trump but I think the things that are profound about it I mean and this is getting way back I wanted to bring this back to this circled thing when we said this thing about Sandman your mother's uh, your father's death or your mother's death and your father's this and whatever that like truly though in our lives that is what's happening for most of us like these figures do represent these things we do need to reconcile like the parts of ourself that resonate with um nurturing and what nurturing means will all be informed by what our goddess of nurturing was the one that we came out of and had the for better, for worse. And so the like global mind of our mental well being as a nation, like that's what I felt about the Trump thing after, after the election, after being like, how could this happen? Like before it being like, no, 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 no. There was a feeling after it all happened that it was like, of course, this is who we, this is the correct representation of the makeup of this country. Mencken said it. There's a quote.
0: H.L. Mencken quote, That's exa- he predicted Trump 50 years ago to the T. He said, if politics and the war machine and it all continues this way, then by about this year, we will have a president who is, and it's exactly right.
2: Weird. Yeah.
0: It's exactly right.
2: I think, but I I think I'm, I'm I think, of
0: this dislike. This Look, we did it. We did the we best did we can do. Like, yeah. we voted the popular vote. When you ask Americans what they want about abortion, about religion, about guns, we're mostly on the same page. Hillary should have won by more. Maybe she sh- or it should have. You know. Uh, you yeah. get what I'm saying yeah, Like, yeah, like saying. she should have uh, Won It was too close For comfort But we did the right thing I'm so tired Of all of I, these I, systems I, yeah. Built to protect us That now do Ooh, the opposite but, but Like the electoral me, but, college but, uh, Yes yes. And we're told Well we gotta get out there And dig in more We gotta do We've done it We Well to me that is I don't know I think It's gotta be a grassroots movement We had Bernie Sanders The system oh, Removed him that. That's right The, the system electoral college him. Switched it over We did the things We're supposed to do so when I hear we got to dig in more and try even harder no these protections like the electoral college that was built to protect us from this has now caused it
2: yeah I definitely think that's true I mean the part of the solution would be breaking California into like six states or something like that so we had so it wasn't like the fifth largest economy in the world had the same amount of senators as Wyoming right uh but also I mean I also think there's a quality too of that of like in doing what we were supposed to in like a, a, adhering to these systems to me i think I've, I've noticed a great waking up among a lot of people of going like whoa whoa wait!" Whoa. i know we i guess we were asleep at the wheel being like okay it's kind of fine we kind of have a generally leftward drift but like then it kind of i don't know i definitely felt like after voting for hillary and being like psyched about it and buying in all the, all to all the like a woman finally and all this stuff after buying in afterwards looking and going like wait a minute like she presided over this like $200 billion like a uh, uh, warplane deal to Saudi Arabia and our foreign policy is hers. And like this whole thing of like what I thought, like what I accepted. This, this Nancy Pelosi getting on TV and like a, a college kid on CNN in a roundtable being like, um, do you think in the wake of this thing? I'm paraphrasing everything, but he said something. Do you think in the wake of uh, this Trump thing, there might be a trend similar to the way the Tea Party had their like crazy right conservative bump of, of this wave of taking back offices, there'd be a leftist version where like maybe, you know, democratic people and all these blue left people will start to consider more radical economic policies like socialism and things like that. And Nancy Pelosi, when she gets her chance, she goes, the first thing I do she goes, uh, well, uh, we're capitalists. <laughs> it's just the way it is like laughs about it and you like you have a kid you have a college student saying like this doesn't seem to be working for anybody would you think more radical things to fix this fucking thing will happen and this person yeah. just laughs and goes Bleh. you know and i think there's a lot of people now who are going like whoa a lot of this stuff we thought was fine which i think is honestly i don't i don't know that you can really have um like, on this side, you know, it's a mental health thing that we're talking about. But as artists, like, I don't think you can separate politics, art, culture, and mental health and technology at all. Like, these things are also part of our daily lives. I was talking to my therapist about it. She's, she's you know, not telling me specifics, but saying she's hearing from a lot of people. Like, the news, these things that are macro things are make up our sense of self our sense of well-being our sense of reality in such a practical way especially in the way we have like technology now we have like a phone like right in our fucking pocket and right in our eyeballs like it all becomes part of our reality which i guess just to stay sane you have to end up like learning how to draw boundaries for once how to like put it down and go like okay i need to take my macro universe and turn it into me in this room me with this grass me with my breath
0: and no one's going to encourage you to do that.
2: You're not going to get it from
0: somebody else. No one's going to. Well, it's hard. It's you hard. have to do it on your like, you're going to have to put your boundaries down. You're going to have to not care when you're like, you know what? I'm taking a break from cable news and I'm like, no, nah, you, you got to watch this one thing. And,
2: well, the, all it, right, I will. it is hard not to because there's a there's a self-enforcing shame of like, well, I don't want to put my head in the sand like an ostrich. I have to see like a kind of like Werner Herzog, like we must right. not look away, right. you know. But I think there's a distinction between. But if there's any gift that
0: Werner Herzog has, it's ending the interview. He knows exactly.
2: How oh, to do it. that's he's so
0: a true. He's going. We're good. We got it. He's also and letting it sit there, yes. pregnant, not even having to hammer it home.
2: You know what it is? There's that moment. Trusting. In, there's that moment in the Grizzly Man thing, when he's, which is the moment when he's listening to the tape with the family member who's never listened to the tape of the guy dying, and he just put takes it on. He goes, "You must never listen to this tape." You, you know, and she goes, and he goes, you must destroy it. Yeah. And she goes, I will, Werner. I will. It's like, yeah. Sometimes you have to, like, not let things have life.
0: His documentary on Life of Pi, or I don't know. Life of Pi. I think I made that up. His uh, Lo and Behold.
2: Uh, yes. And he's. The internet one, right? Yes. Yes. And he, he. I didn't see it. I heard a long interview with him about it. The Marin one, I think, maybe. Okay. Anyway.
0: He was speaking to this man who had invented code in the early stages of the internet. Mm -hmm. And basically his theory is that you write out code. You don't cut and paste. And once you start cutting and pasting, the art is gone. And that there's something Mm -hmm. about typing it that's just different than cutting and pasting it. And the world very quickly moved into cut and paste. That's how we're coding. That's what we're doing. And he is still this lone holdout living in a boat. And
2: Werner, interview- a man who can't even bear to live on solid ground like yep. the rest of us, yeah. Yep.
0: And he's talking and as he's talking, Werner's interviewing him and I said to myself just like at the beginning of the podcast like I want to talk like that guy. He's so succinct, economical, graceful with his words. Mm-hmm. He sounds so measured and in control and it's
2: very <laughs> unique the way he speaks. And that's something I lust after so much and and never do the work to try to attain. You know, it's just not capable. Look at this. Look at us. This fucking salad. It's like, as he's speaking,
0: and I'm admiring and yearning, lusting after this man's cadence and how he handles himself, he's explaining how society's moved on from what he thinks is right. And he goes, You know, a lot of people think I'm crazy. And Werner goes, I don't think you're crazy. And the way that man's face melts, like, and he goes, really? Oh, wow. His whole, and he actually says, he goes, I don't think anybody's ever said that to me before. And it's in that moment that I realized,
2: I want to be a crazy person. You are a crazy person. This person that I admire. I know, I know, but you are a crazy person. And yes. I think a lot of people, that is so fat because to have Werner Herzog be the one to tell you, I don't think you're crazy.
0: And like, to have it, Matt mean something uh, yeah, to you. yeah, 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 yeah. It it's like, because... To mean the world.
2: Well, I mean, this is how we're all becoming, this is how everything's so topsy-turvy. This is like where the all the, like, you know, ignorance is strength kind of stuff is like coming to be real, this Orwellian sort of world. Because we should all look at a Werner Herzog or this guy or you and go like, oh, cr- the thing that crazy is... Re- that's a human. You know, that's a human being right. a human. Weakness, I, I, doubt,
0: I, insecurity. Dude,
2: yes, this is... this is, uh, you, know, again, to, this is uh, you know, and again, I've talked about Kanye too much on this podcast. I gotta yes, like have. pause on it. Yes, I definitely have. have. But to me, there is a quality of like, if you're in the circumstances that that human being is in and you don't go crazy, you're... There's something wrong with you. Like, like to be an individual human being... Like when he says, I am a God and, you know, I am a God. Like if he lived in Aztec times, he would be like to there's something in my thoughts about his constant breakdowns and messiness and like inability to express himself. I was like, now when I see celebrity people who are like just so down to earth, they're just so normal. And they're just like in an interview being like, no, I'm just normal like you. You're like, you're lying on some level. The way the world treats you and that you, the unconscious expectations you would have, like you've adjusted in a way that is not sane.
0: I've never met anyone that okay. Anyone I meet when I have the response, like, wow, what a great person. Like, why are they so nice? Like, why are they so selfless? Or even someone in a position of power or a celebrity or someone who I'm just like who's so nice when they don't have to be. Yeah. I dig. And so far, in my limited experience, I've yet to meet anyone who is like that who I didn't find out. Oh, they used to be a big asshole. Mm-hmm. Or they had a divorce or they were a drug addict and now they're sober. It's always a 2.0. It's a choice. Yeah. The zealousness of the convert. Like it does come from a Batman place. Like you are sure. slaying demons by doing good, but those are the ones who don't seem to doubt themselves. Because they're right. the bad. They, no one's perfect. And no we, we who was it that said it? Um Amanda Knox. Yeah. She said something great because I relate to her a lot.
2: Very cool. Very cool.
0: She, we both respond physically and emotionally in public different than you would expect and it tends to be the opposite. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm supposed to be nervous in a situation where anyone would be nervous, I'll be extraordinarily calm.
2: I That's me.
0: And a simple thing like a, a first date or a stupid podcast, I'll be like crippled with for no reason. And it doesn't make sense. But Amanda yeah. Knox said... We want to believe that we can tell who the monsters are from looking at them. We believe we can point at them and say, that's a monster because then we're safe because (sighs) now we're okay. I can spot them, but you can't. It's every one of us. So we're all capable of good. We're all capable of bad at any moment. And there's no good guys and bad guys.
2: Well, wow, there's choices.
0: Right, there's choices. I believe there's mental disease or even drugs that can fuck up your brain so bad that, oh, there's no coming back for them. Like, I've looked in the eyes of some homeless downtown and just seen that nothing, that I can't reach them. There's there's nothing there now at the moment yeah. to get to. Like, I don't know if they're There's still good and bad in them, but the good might be beyond, you might not be able to get to it. But within that, I think we're all capable of this stuff. Yeah, I think that's
2: true. I mean,
0: there's... And within that... I had a thought... And saying it is a choice, I think is noble and not some just inherent, I was born good. I'm from another fucking planet. That's how good I am. Like, I'm just here to help you. Like, no, we're all... Yeah. What if you couldn't take credit for it? What if it wasn't a bat signal? You know? Yeah.
2: Trying that's to tie fair. it all together the best I it's can. Good. Um, it's good. Um, it's good. I just still think there's something really beautiful in his choice to like, they're not even me, but he just relate. you know? I think maybe because I feel like an alien so much. Like that you're like, and to see like this great nobility. Do, I, I think we all do. But that's why I think you can take that and either go like, well, I'm not even one of them. I don't, or you can go like, everything's different from me. And that's so beautiful. Like that's so fascinating and wonderful. Yeah. And I love, you know yeah. what I mean?
0: When I'm ever in an argument with someone, I'm praying that they will be right and that I'm wrong. Yeah, because
2: then I learn something, right? And something changes. That's uh, in jujitsu. There's a thing where I'm like, these days, you know, it wasn't always this, but the days when I'm getting my asses kicked, sometimes they're vexing or whatever. But that's usually when I'm like, like, a, like a, a guy'll like uh, pull some move on, like, some, if someone does something slick, something I didn't see coming, like, really fucking flops me, really like passes me or something. I laugh and you know some guys don't know how to respond to it well they think I don't know I might come off as a dick or something but I'm like so delighted I'm like you fucking got me fuck I was like I really fell for that thing you set up for me and then the days that you're getting smashed like just smashed sometimes they don't feel good or whatever but always give me a little bit of time and that's when I'm turned on that's when I'm like you're learning like you're someone has didn't like changed your paradigms like you had it figured out and none of your answers worked and now you're like oh damn 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 everything's like lit up and the wheels are all spinning that's where like the real delight comes like in defeat is when you get to but not that's grow. a
0: rare gift i think that you have that's makes this podcast so enjoyable and makes you less of a monster than others is that you do People would rather not learn and be right. Oh, well, that's true. They're humiliated. There's i by I, not by learning in front of someone they and are. they will exact revenge on
2: it. Well, humiliation I, I always think embarrassment and humiliation is a really funny thing like embarrassment, uh, humiliation, shame even, I think are kind of in the same category, almost the same thing. And the weird thing about them is like they don't exist unless they exist. Like if you're if some, if your pants fall down in public, and you're not embarrassed. There's no embarrassment. But if you are embarrassed, everybody else feels like, oh god, oh god. Mm-hmm. It's like the self. It's either there or not, and perpetuates itself or not. Well, sometimes
0: people are there to remind you to be embarrassed if right. you're not, and they will see you yes. handling it well and being like, "Aren't you humiliated?" Yeah, exactly. Like when the kid falls, and there's that beat when yes. they look up at the parent, and the parent nine times out of ten goes, <gasps> and "Yeah," and the kid just starts crying. Yes, because they're like, the, "Oh, some everyone's crazy well." Up. You see a parent who's like, "You're cool. You're good," and they're like.
2: Oh, it sounds like I'm cool. I I'm yeah, I, so in that same, in the metaphor of that, I do feel like you can be kind of a beacon for people where if you are made a fool of, you've made a fool of me. You know, if somebody like, but, you know, something corrects you or presents something that you never thought of, trumps you, you know, that like, if your reaction is one of shame and guilt and like humiliation go like, well, well, no, no uh, uh, then like you demonstrate or, or to shut them back down back or try to like correct their grammar and say like, well, actually you said it the wrong way. So you can't listen to their truth. You've created a terror, like an embarrassment example. Now people know to go forth in their lives and be humiliated and angry and emotionally right. violent. But if you can be in a situation and go like, Oh, what? Like grateful and in wonder. And like, I never laughing at yourself. Like, ah, oh, fuck. Like people take that lesson forward. Just I don't in think a sense of
0: humor about yourself is something that can develop over time. I haven't seen it. If you don't mm. find yourself... Funny if you're not self-aware in that way, yeah. if everything else is funny Dude, I always, except you, I don't think over time you learn to develop it. Right. it. If you're not funny, if yeah. it's not funny when something happens to you, then it's never going to be, and you're right. never going to develop
2: well, that. Well, I, I, I had some dumb epiphany just about the phrase, make fun of. You making fun of me? Like, are you making fun of me right now that there's, like, the idea that that would be offensive to you, just breaking down the sentence? Are you trying to make me fun? Right. Making light
0: of me, am I no trivial no, but, and but light?
2: Yes, light. Am I light? Am I am I light? Am I? But like, like fun is good. Fun is the reason to be alive. Fun is delightful and and fun. It's Impersonation fun.
0: is the greatest form of flattery. I took the time to think but, about. But isn't it just
2: funny to think about somebody who's so mad at the idea of of them suddenly being considered fun? Like the reason we live, like we go on roller coasters right. and eat things that taste good is because it's fun. Well, this is about
0: control and this is about people's relationship to feeling out of control. Yeah. And if you can't, you will burn down the planet to maintain that sense of control and never let it out of your and being out of control and not knowing what's going to happen next, not knowing for a second if someone's trying to hurt you or elevate well, do, you. So do relate. you
2: think that that can be taught, like, or not taught, yeah, taught or learned or chosen to, like, live in more freedom or something? I will say this, Burning Man rubbed me the real wrong real wrong way when I was there. Like, like I ended up learning, you know, when I could get over my fucking self and my judgment. But I had this realization somebody else said to me, is like, you don't understand, like, for the people who are there for some of the, for a lot of them, it is the only time they get to be like weirdos. They get to be like in this weird, free, naked, and whatever, blah, blah, blah. And it, and it was like you're living every day of your life like in this wonder, curiosity, I don't fucking know, whatever, anything could be anything, looking for something beautiful and strange constantly. And most people aren't. And so you're like, it would be like if you were like a teenager and you had to go sit with the elementary school kids or something like that, that you'd be like, these kids are fucking lame. But like, it's cause it's just, which to me is very hopeful in, in this conversation, this context, the idea that some people can make a choice to be weirder, to be sillier, to be more open and change and break out of their Among, with a
0: structure in the context of where it's allowed and, and no for one these better seven days harsh of my desert, vibe and you better cause I like, Anything yeah. when you get close to it, you learn, oh, it's kind of the opposite of what I thought it was. Like deadheads and people that love the grateful dead are considered hippies and free love and drugs and whatever, and they're in as you get into that world. Oh, right. these are the most OCD, like rigid yeah. and controlling and afraid of change. Like we will smoke this. Marijuana cigarette. When the first beat of the music starts, and it has to be together. And if this doesn't happen the way I said, and we're all together, then they cannot adjust. And <laughs> these are funny. supposed to be the free I mean, hippies. I
2: will. I do take a lot of like, like, like in the Burning Man thing, or in that example, or I think about it in movies a lot. That like, in all of the sinister business and money making business of movies, it is still a, something very beautiful to me that I can still go see a movie at a major cinema, like a Star Wars movie that comes out, and just be like have fun and it's still magical it's still amazing craftsmanship on screen it's still like this spectacular thing i, I retweeted something and i thought it was funny the other day someone was like here's my last jedi review and then it was like every movie is a tiny play that you can put on a computer and watch any it said like your ancestors would fall on their knees and weep at the wonder of what you're seeing uh try being grateful you fucking shit heels or something and and so to me like I do take gr- great um, inspiration I guess just in the fact that even in these constructs of what you just said we're going to have fun at this time yeah. that like something magical and inexplicable does still wind up there you know in the middle of Burning Man all these people who are like whatever the fuck is there's a million things going on there going out to the the playa at night and all the lights and these art these literal yachts like ships on wheels and it is there's nothing like it it's an, it's a dreamscape that I don't know if we'll be recreated since or before in human history. This weird space. You know what I mean? Woodstock. Yeah. That kind of a thing that people like write about forever. This one weird thing that happened. Mm -hmm. Um, This is going well. Do you mind? I'll take a break. I have to pee and then I want to get into my questions. We'll kind of try to make it a thing. All right. We just took the break was longer than most breaks that I end up having. on these. They don't know that. I know, but I like to keep it. It's all part of the context for me. (laughs) Tell them what you did. Well, what I did was um, we discussed for a while about... that there's the thread, the idea of a thread to be held that's holding it together. That this thing, me calling it my good, bad brain, really is that. Like, I really am giving, I am really filtering it all through my brain. And that there's not necessarily an easy through line with a lot of that, but that I hope in the kind of cloud sense of it. I like to think of it in the best version of it, that it might end up being like, you ever seen like a Jackson Pollock in person? A Jackson Pollock. In person. Like a, a real one, not like a yes. print. I remember I saw one I don't know if you have this experience, but I remember I saw one at the at LACMA a while ago. And I remember seeing like splatter art and stuff like that in books and being like, I get all the jokes about modern art and blah blah. It's nothing. And then I saw this one in person and it like scared me. It was like, Oh, he saw an abyss and there's like layers and there's this thing that in person that's just really scary and dark and I, I limitless like endless and it was like that and I, I that like in somehow in this mess of all this fucking nonsense that from far away or from when you just kind of are is li- like kind of nothing like some gestalt thing comes through that's like you know
0: well now you're speaking to me <laughs> that's my hope i like the idea that you were talking about of people meeting these new people or just seeing them through your perspective. Like yes. it's a your POV story. Yes. It's sort filtered of like through your good, bad brain. That's correct. And we are how we are then reflected by how we deal with you.
2: Yeah, that's true. Like I was saying, I see, I always feel like I have a weird, I say this a lot where I go, I was saying, I think I was always doing because I feel like I have, there's some weird on it. I don't want to bore the no one. Like you didn't know that I was saying things to other people, but I don't want to. Everyone does that. And it kills me? that?
0: Because we're embarrassed because we're the star of our own movies in our lives. Right. And you see these people that do interviews and they say all the time, like, I was just saying this yesterday. Yes. Or I was, I was. I actually said this the other day. And you're like, we don't need to know that. You're yeah. embarrassed because you're repeating yourself. Exactly. But we don't know that. We weren't there with you yesterday. Just tell us the story. There's another language thing I want to hit real fast because mm-hmm. it's something, I don't know if it's just Jews or if it's just friends or it's just liberals, but we have a way of talking with each other now. More and more where we say no when we mean yes, and we argue when we're agreeing, and it creates like a competitive or a more aggressive or hostile tone of the conversation when you're both agreeing. If you're like, oh, the best thing about this new Kanye record is this, and I want to say I also enjoy when he does this, but Mm -hmm. instead I'll say, no, 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 the best part is when he does this. And now you're arguing.
2: I think that's just like when dogs are like, you you can't, like we were talking before we started the whole thing, when you can't, when poor dog owners don't realize that the dogs aren't fighting, they're having fun and that they could, their anxiety could suddenly turn it into fighting. So they create a weird feedback loop for their dog. But like that, there is a version of like us, like we're in agreement. We're in agreement. But Why do uh, I
0: resist that? I don't like that anymore. And I found I like I have a tougher time talking to the people that I agree with because I feel like we're arguing as opposed
2: to when I don't and we're listening. Do, do you have siblings? I do. How do you guys interact? Do you guys, were you guys like uh, on top of each other kind of? Yeah. That's interesting because yeah. I, I would say that's why I think I like it. I feel comfortable because that's like me and my siblings, were all just like on top of each other and like, ah, and there's this kind of like.
0: Well, then that's probably it. You it's know, probably it. you're either like attracted to that stuff. Yeah. Or you're repelled by it.
2: Because- yeah. I think like anytime you'd see a cartoon where like the cats disappear into a cloud and there's like a f- pause coming out that always looked really appealing to me. Like, that looks really comfortable and cute and nice and, like, warm. (laughs) Like, ah, they're having, you know, that's a tumble. I want to live there. (laughs) Yeah. With those people. That feels like home. That feels like home.
0: Yeah. I know. I, I, um,
2: I'm not attracted. I'm like that with food, uh, too. Like, a weird, like, um, like, I always think about when I was, one time, like, my brother would do the most insane things. He would, like take a look like we had a loaf of crusty bread he would like scoop the white part out of the bread and leave the and you'd go to get the loaf and then be like someone hollowed this out just to eat the parts they wanted or like you'd be eating something and your brother my brother would come up and just take it out of like on the way to your mouth like Mm -hmm. take it to take a bite of it Mm -hmm. and i think that's so nice and it's created like you know if people have like boundaries or like a right. sense of they're like what are you doing you know or i'm like oh i'm sorry you know i've always
0: been like that i get genuine genuinely offended when somebody asks me if they can use my bathroom really even, even just casually because it's like the that formality is like so over the top i love when someone comes over and like goes right into the fridge and just makes oh. themselves comfortable if you were talking about yep. me you weren't sure if i liked you in the beginning right it's probably because I was making fun of you. And if I was making fun of you, it was because I felt comfortable with you. Because that's New York. That's my family. Totally. If we're comfortable enough to not be so precious about our feelings, then that means I love you. Yeah. If I can complain to you, if I can be a failure in front of you, if I can take you down, (laughs) that's how I express love. That comfort. And the idea that like...
2: Well, because you can't do that to people. Because you can't do that to people... I mean, that is like jujitsu or boxing or something like that. You can't, if you engage in like fisticuffs with somebody you don't like, it's very violent and scary and bad. Mm -hmm. If it's somebody that you have a foundational respect and trust and care and admiration for, then like, it's just fun to like be, to, to be roughhousing with them, Mm -hmm. which that's like emotional, verbal roughhousing. It's like, like, to me again, like that, that tumbling, the tumbleweed of bodies that looks appealing it's because oh, that they clearly they're just so comfortable with each other. They care. That's intimate, you know. And
0: they the two form one.
2: Yes, it's a cloud. All right, I'm, because uh, in the interest of some kind of thread, I'm going to bring it to the, the the more formal section where I'm going to ask you these these cues, and we'll see if you have any. Uh, answers for them. The first one is: uh, Have you ever been diagnosed with any kind of like mental illness or disorder or just thing? I always feel like weird saying illness or disorder because I don't know if they're diagnosed. All. Like I'm, I'm di, I'm depression been. and ADD, and I don't think I've gone. Ooh, can I share a thought about that? I meant to say yeah. this earlier. The ADD thing. When we were talking about, you said you're very. You always have the opposite reactions. Like you're supposed. This is all crazy, and so, but you're calm. I I've always had that. Uh, that if things were extreme, crisis mode, and I learned the mechanism of ADD is like you have bad dopamine receptors, so you're you, they don't hang on to your dopamine, so you're constantly looking for new sources of dopamine, and and if you take a stimulant like Adderall basically gives you a satisfying, like it gives you something that can lock in like enough of a stimulation that goes like, okay, that's taken care of. And now we can be normal and go do things. I thought maybe that was where my risk seeking behavior came from. Then was a craving for like that feeling of normalcy that I would get in high stress, high energy situations. And I wonder if there's like something like that. Well, you described that That tussle Yes As
0: a form of like meditation Yes Anybody else would see that as
2: chaos Right I mean that is primal chaos Yes To me that's like that's There's something like That's living That's calm That's present See if I have A
0: gig in front of like A couple thousand people That I won't be nervous during the day And then that moment Right before you go on stage When you're supposed to be nervous I can fall asleep Yes And I have trouble sleeping at night Yes But I start yawning and my body is tricking itself with an opposite reaction right and I've heard comics talk about that Jeff Garland said he has trouble sleeping but when he does stand up he could fall asleep on the stage right then if they asked him to
2: my, my um, first uh, jiu-jitsu coach was like this legendary it was, it was Carlson Gracie Sr. was like the head of the school and i got to train with him a little bit before he passed away and he was known in the the gracie jiu-jitsu family of the the gener- the earlier generations like he was the fighting gracie he was the one that like they sent in to do volley Tudo matches that that were true like bare knuckle anything goes fights and you know to defend this idea of jiu-jitsu and they said that was a thing about him he would be he would be asleep before the fights he'd be like taking naps and then have to wake him up to go down to the ring that's me that's awesome not really. But I think it's awesome. You don't think that's so fucking cool? That's like that's like the dream of that kind of like cool, cucumber cool, like in the face of great adversity or, or something that, should, that makes, you know, the common oh, yeah. man terror. I'm a terrible driver. If the car starts to like slide... Mm-hmm. I
0: go into focus and I'm just in control.
2: That's I, uh, I, I, they would, I was no good at sports when I was a kid and they would stick you in the outfield. And I was like, this is the worst place you could put me. Cause I would have to watch. I call my pop fly rule still now. Like if I had to watch the ball coming down, the easy thing to do, I would be like, I don't, is it in front? Is it, I don't uh, yeah. And I would always miss it. And if I was just shortstop, Reaction. you got like a line react, but easy yeah. react, throw it. Yeah. And I was like, it, that's a surreal because you're always an, like
0: inherently harder
2: the outfield. I think it's inherently harder. Of course it is. I, they don't think it is though because catching a pop fly is like easier. You're if staying
0: I mean. focused during the most boring of sports, right? With the least waiting for that moment and you are on guard at any moment. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. That's like dogs have. You, you tell them to sit before a treat and some of them will sit and they're like, "Look, I'm sitting. I'm sitting." But you can see they're like. <laughs> Mm-hmm. They're showing you that they're sitting; they're not relaxed. Or right. Those other dogs that are like, Fump, this is what you want. <sighs> you have to be that on guard, relaxed the whole time.
2: Yeah. With no stimulation, it's Which hard. Is exhausting. Yeah. Anyway, sports, man. What is your? Do you have any sort of like brain things that you know, like that thing coming back around? D- depression, anxiety, um, sure, something like that.
0: Sure. I mean, I think when I was a kid, I used to. um Admire. um, Suffering was something I always just related to and found a process from and chased it. And I thought that's where art comes from because it does, but it also comes from other places. And you don't have to suffer for other people all the time. That's something I've dealt with. And I think when I was a kid, I romanticized it. Mm. And until, you know, fake it till you make it, until you become it. And then you realize, you know, finding every moment possible to suffer and share that with people as real as you can is a fine cause and creates great art. It creates a great performance, but it doesn't always make the best production of Into the Woods. Right. There's joy and there's other things that might seem less heroic to you, Batman, but are actually necessary for a full representation of life. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Specificity was always key to me. And if you could just speak to one person that got it, then that's all that matters. But there's something to be said to bringing everyone together. Yeah. Like, what we keep talking about. You were talking about science and faith, and it was just like, I don't necessarily believe in God. I definitely don't believe in organized religion. But there is something that's missing from science, which is that if, yes, if the whole world thought, one thing, a prayer, at the same time, something would happen. If the whole world held hands and looked up at the sky at the same time, something would happen. And that's everything that faith-based industries criticize science for is for having faith. It's for them being like, no, we don't know, but we're going to try and we're going to find out. Mm -hmm. That blind faith, that just this will work. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because as far as I can tell, Somebody said this. I'm sure you know who. The surest sign of life in other planets is that they haven't come to say hi to us yet.
2: Oh, yeah, I've heard that.
0: Because if you walked into a forest and you saw a bunch of dogs beating the shit out of each other, you wouldn't be like, hey, guys, let me tell you some secrets. Let me show (laughs) you the good food and where it's at. (laughs) You would say, I'm going to wait until they stop ripping each other apart, and then I will engage. Because you're not ready for it. So until we stop that, and we have a lot of those tenants that are for some reason only found in religion and put them towards science that it's never going to work. That they're like, okay, wanna bring but it but back the, to the pyramids, but, but the, the yeah. fact that <laughs> we don't know what these things are and how they are built is because they're not allowed in the hands of archeologists and scientists, because they called them tombs. So now they're religious artifacts, and they stay that way, and they're kept by religious industries, and science isn't allowed to get in there. Mm. Obviously, the combination of both. What I'm doing is not answering your question.
2: No, no, there's answers I was trying to there. do it in
0: the most there's non-obvious way.
2: No, they're good. I don't know. I What you said about the... I think that's a really... The thing about the prayer thing, like if we all thought one thing at once, something would happen. I think like ah it's just that's like the power of our of our thoughts and intentions are real like that's i think what's scary about like the first looking time at our like, any human
0: n- gets an opportunity in public to make a sound from with their voice without words they claim to see god <laughs> It is, like in yoga with a long, loud um. that's how you get there. In Southern Baptist, you're you're speaking in tongues. The first time you are free from words and just blah, you have never felt anything like that. In acting class, anywhere, we don't get to do that. Right. You don't get to just be that vessel you're talking about. Right. We're just, I don't know what I'm going to say next. It's just coming out. Yeah. What is that in relation to? I don't fucking
2: know. Well, I think there were two things that felt like, well, one was like just that, If we all had a general intention of wishing for things to be better, like truly, like unconsciously, we would do things as a group to like someone said this thing about the idea of, was like, we, we, everyone loves the idea of a conspiracy theory, like, like a room of seven powerful people controlling, you know, planning to dominate their world countries. And, you know, and it's like, you don't need that. Cause you have this idea called capitalism where we taught each other. The important thing was always to just like make money and capital attracts capital and do. And so you don't need, cause the thing will collude by the very principle. Right. And that's the same thing as prayer. That's the same thing as faith. If we all like, if you're praying to this one idea, then it follows that certain things will happen. You know, to me, to me, sometimes with the gun stuff in America, that's like the craziest thing about it is like, take five seconds to look at what you're worshiping. Like, just think about it. Like, I, I, I said this on a podcast with Elliot that we got to talk about gun stuff that I was like, I think guns, this object of, death, like there's no way to escape that. Like, you know, that's what it's for. If you want to say it's about liberty, it's for killing something that's going to prevent you from having liberty. You know, like it's an object of death that there's a there's something very valuable in an introspection and a relationship to that and discussing it, looking at it in yourself and, you know, eat, learning how to even have fun with it, how to interact with it in a way that's safe. But we've proven that we are not Mature enough to have that conversation. Like, people aren't doing that. So, and instead, they're unconsciously like worshiping this object of death and acting like it's a tool of liberation. And to me, that's the scariest thing about it is like, what is that prayer that you're praying every day that's determining like your footsteps? And I think that that's very valid and real, even in our individual practical lives. You can. You know, people like to make fun of, and I make fun of like manifestation principles, like the secret shit. But but what I think is a joke in that stuff is how weirdly greed based they all make it. They're always they're always that. They're always like your life isn't you don't have enough money. You just got to start think, and that's what they say. That's always you know they make it as chintzy as possible, as like you know cheap as possible, and and that like, but the reality of that your uh, sense of existence follows your belief and framing of of it is just obvious, you know? It's like real.
0: I think the opposite of that same instinct is Tourette's. Like I think we all have Tourette's hmm. to some degree. In so much as I've never met anyone with Tourette's syndrome that said good things. If you're uncontrollably have a tick yeah. and you're saying something, it's always negative. In fact, it's usually the worst possible thing you can think of mm-hmm. that you can't stop from saying, and there's something to be said for its specificity, right? because sure, there's genetic and physical and chemical things that are causing all this, but we all have a fear of something, and we've all had those moments where we've been like, don't say this to that person, don't say, and that's the first thing we say, or we go, don't trip in this dress, don't trip in this dress, and the first thing we do, because our body cannot take living in fear of something, it will physically kill you, and it will cause it to happen, Because it knows better than your mind that living through something is always easier than living in fear of it. And it causes these things all the time to happen that we say, don't do that, don't. And then we do it because we have to. Because living in fear of it is just too much.
2: That's so big, man. Living through something is better than living in fear of it. Well, it just
0: takes less toll. Your body knows this tension that we were talking about. Yeah. It's going to cripple you. It's going to give you a hump. It's going to give you a voice. It's going to give you a tick. It's going to but just living through it your body knows that's easier so it'll cause it you know
2: completely I just never heard it phrased that way and I'm like I'm gonna be stuck on that for a little while I, I think. hope
0: I'm not being um, dismissive of
2: <laughs> no what do you mean
0: ailments that people have and saying the oh the no but they're a part of a lot of these things that I feel like schizophrenia or hearing voices or
2: there's something uh, we can relate to in that all there's of a part it's yeah. not
0: just this thing you're yes it is something that people are Right. Uh, what's the word?
2: Stricken. Experience.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, but there's elements have. of it. That's out of their control. That's out of yeah. their control. Yeah, yeah. But there's parts of it we all have that we can relate to. That Completely. That have been there with all of that stuff.
2: Yeah. The other thought that I had about the prayer thing, about like the something will happen thing, is I always thought that I had this like joke in my mind. I would do it sometimes where like uh, you'd, you'd like see your remote control across the room and you'd be in a room with somebody else and you just like, hold your hand out to it for a while uh-huh. and if you just do it long enough someone goes what What do you need i'm like Ugh. you don't have to say anything you just read and eventually the person with like, do you want this do you- oh and they'll come and they'll hand it to you yep. and you go jedi mind trick you know like and the reality of like it might not be as smooth or as quick as yoda making it just come but like what's the difference like if we all sat and like looked up at the sky and did something, like something would happen, that there is some reality to like how we influence each other just with like thoughts and just with gestures. And that the mass of all of that will result in often like what we set out looking for.
0: If we were all on the same page. Yeah. About something. Yeah. And could express it. Yeah. I mean, tell me if this is just my subjective experience, but I found that often in groups of people, we all bend to the unflinching one. Like, if there's a group of oh, six yeah. people deciding where to eat, there's usually five people who are pretty much up for anything, and one person who has a lot of restrictions. And we all bend I, to yes. that person with restrictions, and we we think we're noble because of it.
2: Well, or we're, we're not well, noble. I, we well, think we're doing well, the right thing. I think in that version, that is true. The idea that like the, the was there's a there's a fine line, but not a fine line. There's a definite line, but they seem related between the lowest common denominator and like um, taking care of our of those that require the most care. Absolutely. You know. But there's a what I think the negative version that I I see often is that astonishes me is some people I will know is like there are some people who have no problem being the problem. You know, like the people who will go like 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 it would, it we would, all bend like, it would mortify me to like like I know somebody who 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 would park in this valet zone And they get out of the car and the valet is like, and they go, and they were like, do you have a permit for this valet? Like, no, that's, I can park here. It's after a certain time. There's a yellow curb. I park here. And I would never do that. I would, that would more, but some people, that person has no problem being the problem. And that shocks me. That's to me is the unflinching one that we all follow. The one who's like, I don't want to do that. I got to do this. And that's, that's,
0: I don't know. Maybe it's just because it's parking. And mm-hmm. I, I allow rage in that area of my <laughs> yeah, life sure. that I relate to that guy more than the valet. Fine. And because it's he's autonomous in in my world, like that's the man, the valet. And he's an autonomous <laughs>
2: thing. See, to, me, to me, the valet mind, is that's the neighborhood bar. They're there all the time. They don't have a permit. Of course not. They're just like, this is not a great neighborhood. They're just, they're living here. We all live here together. We know parking is bad. That I'm like, that's not the man. That feels like a community member and another human being. And you just are just like. I don't care you know
0: i related it in the way that when we were talking
2: earlier i'm when
0: i'm talking to someone right. if i see that they're not paying attention or they don't care i'm mortified and i can't keep talking right other people don't care they just like i cannot make six people all go to one place that only i'm going to be happy and enjoy myself right i should be able to right but i can't and the fact that these five are bending for that one who has no problem sitting there eating their meal and feeling great yes. and the rest of them is like how do you do that and why do we support this <laughs> yeah it's weird and why is he
2: strong and were or yeah pushed? I don't know What's right and wrong in that? I don't know. I think well, what's right and wrong is like what is the unflinching person doing with it? And I think what's scary about the thought is that we don't really bend to what they're doing with it. We just bend to the fact that they're unflinching.
0: And we So
2: you just hope that they're the unflinching one is doing something good with but it. But in the back of their mind, they're just like, Well, if they didn't want to do it, they wouldn't do it. Why well, yeah, would and you
0: ever do something you wouldn't want to do? You and Game and Eight there, that's and on you. To
2: some degree they're not wrong. Like no, you did all go. Along we're like we did with that it. for you. Yeah. You didn't have to. Right.
0: Right, it's rough out there, man.
2: <laughs> uh, the second question related to that one was: Do you have you ever taken any medications or anything like that?
0: I took um, Adderall for about a year, and then I moved from that into Vinase to get well. How old were you when Off did you that? of that? This was like.
2: I'm just curious if it was like as a kid or as an adult.
0: No, this was as an adult. Okay, and I was given um, antidepressants, but I never took them. I still have them in the drawer. <laughs> really? Yeah. And yeah, I get that. Now I don't take anything, but I self-medicate with marijuana.
2: Yeah, you stopped drinking though, too, right? I did, but that's not.
0: It's like saying you gave up uh, uh, Vietnamese food. You don't think which you is were, delicious? Yeah, just wasn't very hard. Like, yeah, the
3: drinking for you drinking didn't, for didn't feel like
0: Medicaidy? I never enjoyed it. I never enjoyed drinking. Really? I don't have that sweet spot wow. that people have. I that's have, so interesting
2: because I associate us like having a drink like so much in the past
0: I never would finish it and people oh. have two or three and I sip the same one I I try I mean I tried hard enough yeah. that yeah. I had to admit this doesn't work I should stop that I have just, no that problem just, yeah. with substances but alcohol and I have you know two brothers that are both enjoy marijuana and don't drink very much. Yeah. So I don't know. If yeah, it's I think there's some genetic the gene, components for sure. And I see people who have that sweet spot where they're just like, they've had
2: that amount of that drink that they
0: want and I have tried and I don't have that. I just yeah. have sober and then really tired.
2: Yeah. What was your, did you, what What about the, was the Adderall prescribed or you just like, mm-hmm. yeah, did it help with whatever it was for? You said he got off it, so I was In the beginning.
0: Like, and then it becomes the opposite of everything you're doing it for. Really? Like anything else. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think
0: depression is often not seeing options for yourself. That's what it is. There's always options, but you're like, I can't leave this marriage. I can't stop thinking about the war. I can't stop whatever it is. And you don't believe there is another way you just don't see it that's what depression is right because at any point you can change your life or whatever's depressed you can fix it but you don't feel like it and it's real and sometimes chemicals are the things that can hit you hard enough to get you out of that and even if it's a bad experience it was something different and once you see that there's another way yeah do you know what i'm saying yes i do then you know you believe in it and that can help with depression and i feel like it helped with that
2: was it for depression? Was it was it like they were saying this is like oh it seems like those help you get out of this depressive space. Mm, it's hard to say. Like, I mean, what's interesting to me about this is just that I mean, technically, you know, like h- hypothetically, technically, I don't know that uh, ADD is what Ad- Adderall is for ADD, right. like right? But when I was reading about adult ADD after like being, you know, kind of diagnosed that way and started I realized that I, it seems like a lot of the, uh, there's different mechanisms that have the same result. Mm-hmm. So I take a little bit of an antidepressant, but also ADD and reading about like with ADD, they talked about rejection sensitivity, dysphoria, and this, uh, internal uh, emotional hyperarousal and all these things that seem to mimic a little bit like bipolar like that my dad has and that I thought I had for years like this and so well, that's why I think it's interesting because I kind of feel like I kind of relate to what you're saying like things that would add to my depression were symptoms that seem to be assigned to symptoms of ADD like my like this feeling like you have no options. That's very apt. That's a, I've never heard someone say that specifically that way. It's very simple and very true sounding. And, that's how it would feel like this helplessness is feels equated with like no options of my thoughts like I would have I would, I would there's I'd have a million thoughts I'd know what to do to make my life better and to feel better and just wouldn't do them I just couldn't get them out the door of my head and that ADD medication like allowed me to line up these thoughts and assign them to actions and then just start doing them mm-hmm. and I had another friend describe their experience with starting medication as not that it's a fix and I'm pretty adamant about that that it doesn't really do anything to get to the core problem but they did feel it was sort of like a triage that enabled them to use tools that they'd learned right which before you knew all the tools they just would for some reason elude you using them it'd be like having a fucking hammer and nails and all that shit and they're just being like i know what i'm supposed to do with them i just cannot i can't cross the room and that you know so i like that that thought that analogy of that it's like a chemical it's something that just kicks you out of your I brain space
0: feel, i i probably needed antidepressants and I was just afraid of them. And I think that is just what I had settled on yeah. because I didn't want to take those. And I, I, don't, I think, don't think I, it's I, the right I, d- decision yeah. at all.
2: No, no, I don't think it's necessarily the wrong one either. I think this is an important like, I think it's a, like I avoided it for so long because I have people close in my life that I've seen that I do think it's they're over prescribed and they turn into other versions of themselves that don't feel like they're real selves. And, you know, I, I think uh, anybody's going to try some medication, you need to be doing it like, Definitely with a doctor, but but more than the doctor, because the doctor's not going to be with you every day, with yourself, like a check-in and being like, who, how are you feeling day to day? Which is how weird. How are the people around you responding? Which is
0: weird, because there was a thing called finance. I can't remember what it was, but it basically does- Vivance? Yes. Yeah, I think it's vivance And it does what Adderall does, but without a lot of the, quote unquote- The speedy kind of stuff? And fun, or why people would take it recreational. Right. Like, it just provides the kind of shift in perspective and energy hmm. without- any of the Vicodin like, or any of that. And I didn't even know this was an option of hell until I found out on my own. Yeah. It was like this whole time. Right. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. And that's when I, well, that's,
2: that is like, that, I don't know that like there's these guys on Instagram who have this like physical therapy account that I follow and they're just kind of like funny and like they, they're, but they give really good, good movement stuff. And, they, they always go, fix your shit. They're like, fix your shit. And one of the things they say a lot is like, nobody's gonna, it, it's not gonna be as important to anybody else as it is to you to like fix your body, to like fix the things that are wrong, to learn what hurts, to learn what your problems are. And so you really have to like, you can go to experts and get taught and try things, but it's gonna be up to you to do the exercises and to find the things and know your spots because everybody's, you're the one with you all the time. You're the one who has to live with you. And to me, I think, in the mental health field and the question everybody loves to say it in the news all the time. We have a mental health crisis in this country, which definitely is true. Part of that is about like taking into your own hands, like getting the help, seeing experts who can help you and then constantly being in, in check in with yourself and check in with your community and getting the response of people you trust and, and you you know, day to day saying, cause if you're going to, cause I don't know, a lot of psychiatry still does seem to be like guessing, You know, well, we'll try this. Let's try this dosage. Let's try this medication. And so you have to understand these things will affect you. And and because there are horror stories where people get on stuff and then they get worse. They get in dark, you know. And so it really does require you to be diligent and present and then be doing all the other obvious things like exercise and drinking water. And, you know, all the all the things that you got to do that anyone would have to do to be well. And then, you know. It's I not needed, just like a pill. I needed
0: something to get me out of bed. Yeah. I needed a reason to get out of bed. Right. Now, if I would have gotten a dog around <laughs> that time, if a doctor would have said...
2: I mean, we we should do a whole episode on dogs and their effect on people. Because, you, I mean, uh, yeah, it's too it's late to the, get into it. Like any but truth, it changed It's just you. the prism
0: that I now see everything through. Right. And That's it really used good. to be something else. But that would have been just as effective.
2: Right. Get a fucking dog. Um... What's something cheesy you find inspiring? I mean,
0: I don't know if this answers your question, but I can watch some pretty horrific stuff and not be affected. Mm -hmm. But like the tiniest act of unnecessary kindness, yeah, I just weep, and it's so unexpected.
2: Do you have a specific one in mind? (laughs)
0: I can't. It happens so rare. I know what you mean. Um, there, it's not the best example, but I was walking with the dog one day, and I got caught in this like situation where she was pulling me one way mm-hmm. with the right arm, and I had poop. I had to clean up uh-huh. with the left hand, yeah. And she was getting wrapped around a pole with the leash, and I was just kind of trapped. And this man came from across the street, and came over to me, and he stuck out his hand. And I handed him the bag and he wrapped it up and he tied it in a bow and he threw it in the garbage for me. And I, like, I'd never seen anything like this in my life. (laughs) I, like, went to give him a dollar or something and he refused it. I think it was a religious thing. Mm. I think he had an obligation to perform because he kind of, when I went to give him money, it was very important that I not reward him for this. Mm. Whatever it was that drove him to do that. It was so unexpected, I'm still talking about it. Yeah. I got... Um, Someone who literally picked up picked shit. Picked up shit for you. By choice. Yeah. I, I got... homeless person hit me with... Was, was pegging people with raw eggs. Mm-hmm. And I got hit with these disgusting raw eggs crossing Broadway. And I was so shocked. I, I took off my jacket. It smelled so horrible. I went to the nearest dry cleaner and I told him the story. and He, he cleaned for free yeah i was just like why because we're like a sense of family now. we're all looking out for each other <laughs> that seems weird like little things like that will just destroy me if somebody asks about the dog they're like, yeah I'm, on. I'm just like Ooh. even if they're manipulating me like it could be putin and he could be like <laughs> How's dog and be like you're saying that to fuck with me and it's working and yeah you know, i see you in your eyes saying that to manipulate me and it's still
3: getting mm-hmm.
2: me you know yeah it's a really good answer
0: okay i hope so because <laughs> i felt like it's something but it didn't it wasn't quite the question
2: it's never quite i mean ah, you're right i should you know what i mean so much. you're right i think that as every question is like there's never wrong answers to any question, like sure, like it's a stimulus and you get a response. Like that's the kind of abstract thinking that I want. The there's there's um, this linguist I was listening okay. to on the Ologies podcast that was she she she's talking about like she's a Ph.D. in in language and people still try to say like African American English is like bad grammar, like it's it's wrong. And she's like, no, no, in other languages, when you study linguistics, like, no, there's grammar to African-American English. Like, She's like, variation is a feature, not a problem. And that sort of thing, that idea of permission, that idea of like, there's a million fucking ways to be, is to me like this idea, like, I don't know if I answered the question. This is Fahrenheit 451 again. There's a a part where they cite, uh, um, there's a part in one of the books, and it says, uh, it's something like, it's a famous book. And I'm going to forget it, but it's like two plus two is four. And that is a very good thing. But sometimes two plus two is five. And that is also a very good thing. And it's like that. It's that.
0: Yeah. You know, you're right. Because I, sometimes if responses have been criticized or if someone feels abandoned, you're like, I'm here responding to you. Right. You'll know what being abandoned is when there's no response so you don't even get to criticize the response you're getting one they're there even if they care enough to tell you how much they hate you they care enough to tell you that they could just not yeah and that's a lot of people's lives right abandonment is learned behavior that's definitely true and i see a lot of people that spend their lives that would jump out of a moving car to save a cat on the side of the road but would not think twice before just destroying other humans lives and i don't think one is okay and the other is not but it always blew me away because it would appear to me that like that cat that you're risking your life for on the side of the road was not abandoned there due to a cycle of cat owner abuse right it's a human thing. Humans abandon each other, and then they pass it on to animals. So right. if you want to save an animal, you should be nice to the person standing next to you because no amount of jumping on the side of the road is going to make up for that one person. Right. Right.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think there's also a feeling that, like, animals are more like... like Humans have like a kind of smart to them, quote unquote, like a quote unquote smart that learns from experiences that goes like if they learn from an experience that's hard enough, you're never going to change them out of that one truth, that one hard truth. But like a dog, if you start like being kind to a dog, they'll be like, oh, final Oh, okay. This is reality now. Mm, well, that's the question though,
0: because so far, and I'm new to dogs, yeah, but I have yet to meet a dog that was so out of control that I didn't get the feeling like, Oh, just a little bit of attention and training and love and this would work. Thing would work.
2: No, I'm saying that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Dogs but is that are applicable able to, to humans. I don't think it is. I think that's See why that I, I, is it true. Though? I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't is know. It? No, no. Well, I'm saying because this choice thing that we're nah, talking about.
0: Nah, you're right. About, you're right. You're right. With horses, it every day I get up in the morning and I'm like, so horses. What the fuck?
2: Why are they letting us do this to them? Oh, but that is the great beauty of horses. It's do you this- know this one thing I read about horses in this book? I feel like you'll. I don't know. This is I think of this all the time because we we're gonna get to the I was gonna get to the mythology thing about horses earlier. Somehow we brought it all the way back around from Sparkle Ponies. Like I read in this book one time, humans have predator eyes. We have binocular vision, which means our you know because predators have eyes that face forward, and herbivores and other like prey animals have eyes on the side of their heads. And so we have predator eyes, and horses don't. Horses are prey, and just the act of allowing us on their back is giving their life to us. That is so astonishing. Into battle, we're like, see those guns
0: and other horses dying. Go there, yeah. And they do every single day with this pit bull. It's a choice that it makes, right? Every command, every at any moment she can decide. You know what? I'm done, and there's nothing any one of us can do, right? So that person that's making you miserable laying next to you or that person that doesn't get you or understand it's a choice they're there yeah they're failing and they're depressed and they're miserable but they're there that's still a choice that we
2: make I I think what I was just I think I don't think it's my personal belief but I do think that there's that is the belief is that Dogs and other animals are much more likely to adjust to a new reality because they live so presently so that if you are kind and you are consistently like they're like, oh, OK, cool. And that it's it's more likely that a human will like whatever trauma that they learned from a long time ago will like never really leave them. And we and I think some people really
1: are, so funny, are less but-
2: likely to believe in the possibility of change in people Absolutely. after a certain point. And a lot of people put that on dogs. They have a bad
0: experience with a pit bull and they go, oh, we can't be around big dogs. Right, they have them and now this,
2: their whole, they live, with which, which two is dogs ironic that can't be in which, the same. Which room is together. ironic because then you're creating that over and over for them because the are. dog learns to know, like, oh, well, we can't be around big dogs. Right. So it's like, yeah, exactly. I, you know, I think I don't know. I do think I do believe in like the power of like love and and continued acceptance and like kindness. That if you just truly threw that over and over in the face of somebody who's awful, like, eventually it would. If you live it. If you 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 live it.
0: Are an example, a living example of that, to that person that they can point to. My favorite thing, if I'm ever feuding with someone or there's someone I'm going to fight with and talk to mutual friends, I never say anything bad about them. And I can always read the shock in the other person's face. Like that's why they asked. So what's up with you? And because they're expecting because they've probably asked this question to them and they've gotten. And I watch because they believe it's whatever way they were told. And when I don't ever respond negatively, they rethink everything. Right. Now, oh, well, maybe what I heard wasn't true because I'm not seeing any of that and because there's nothing to gain from that. Yeah. It's so cheesy. You want to go back? I'll answer the cheesy question. Mm -hmm. But it's a theme of what we've been talking about. And no matter how right I am or justified I feel, You just choose love. Like, you just have to. Can you forgive people that don't ask for forgiveness? Can you love people that do bad things? It seems to me like if you're not choosing love, it's a hard argument. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Problems are 50-50, but if there's one person that won't talk about it, that's them. Do you know what I mean? They will never move forward because of them. I'm not saying it's not a 50-50 problem, but that's an end that's right. not that's not being a, a monk that's not being a, right. a priest or a martyr that's just wrong that's hate
2: yeah well see this is funny cuz i um, that well the next question is what's something dark about you
0: I'm usually thinking and have to say whatever the most inappropriate thing
2: is at any moment. You think so? Really?
0: Oh, yeah. Like, if if, if someone's oh. coming to my place for the first time, I'll have to feed into the small part
2: of them that's, like,
0: worried. Oh. And say something along the lines of, like, you just helped me roll out this plastic. And
2: Oh, that's very funny. I, have to- I know what you mean. Other people are very put off by that. Yeah. I remember, like, you know, Dane Cook. Yes, he had one joke that I always thought was very funny. That um, was it wasn't even like a because he didn't really do jokes. He would just do like these things, and it stuck with me because I, I just think about it every time somebody like comes over to my house, where he um, he would like let them in, and then he would as soon as he closed door lock it and turn around. That's me. I have to do that. <laughs> that's that, I that's can't very funny. I'm I know it's not there you go fuck you that's so funny I, I love when that happens I I just love yes, doing that to people. people yeah being like yep you know this like I because it is I do think uh, if we are not allowed to see um, truth no matter where it comes from especially from a source that we find like right. repugnant then you're you know then you're the game's rigged you know what I mean mm-hmm. that was I wrote I wrote a song
0: about that question because I couldn't answer it
2: really I did Will you play it? Because you sent it to me. Will you play it when we... I don't think so. Okay, that's fine. If you feel like you do, I'll ask you again at the end. We'll see. I'm going to ask you again at the end. Uh, My favorite thing in the world, actually, is someone
0: at the party. Yeah. And there's the guitar. Mm Mm-hmm. And, oh, Jimmy, you got to play Jimmy. When Jimmy is saying, no, no, but while tuning it,
2: oh that's my favorite but that bit. is the that is like that, the that is like the tropey like yes. uh of like p- fucking guitar guy at the party I is love that nine times out of ten is just the worst but i'm but it's a kind of worst that i can appreciate from like that you'd love that you do truly yes, love. So i mean like i couldn't oh, speak
0: in public while they're getting i up couldn't and clearing possibly. their voice <laughs> like, that
2: is very beautiful yes. that is yeah um that leads into the next one what's the last gorgeous thing you saw
0: Oh, God, I saw Kevin Barnes from Of Montreal perform a solo show at the Masonic Temple in the graveyard there in Hollywood. Mm. And I enjoy his music. Yeah, It was a great show. At some point he said, here's a song I've just wrote that I've never played before. And I knew, because usually if someone's talented, their best creation is the last one. And only if you ask them, they would be like, whatever I made last is my best thing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes. And he played this song because he writes for this band and all the songs go through the filter of the band and then we hear them on the record. He was playing a song live for the first time and it was so beautiful and so cutting and so like, oh, this is the song I want to play for the girl. This is like, I wish she could hear. He's summing it all up and it's different than anything he's played tonight and it's different than anything he does with the band. Mm -hmm. And I knew in this moment, I'm never going to get to play this for anyone because there's no recording of it, and by the time he brings it to the band, it's going to be different, and it's going right. to have changed, and there's no recording of it, so this is it. As it's happening, I'm realizing I'm going to have to savor this and just hold on to it, mm. because it's. I'm never going to be able to share it, and there's probably never going to be a document of it, so I better just enjoy it. That was gorgeous.
2: Yeah. Go see live music. Oh, I know the last one. I don't need to check for that one. might even be related. It was... Um I have this don't kill yourself list Which is like I started in a very dark time in my life And it always starts with coffee Sandwiches and lavender soap And it's just things that are Accessible, available And wonderful and undeniable About like to stay alive For yourself I want you to add something to it The
0: fifth movement of the Jupiter Symphony
2: I don't know if I know that The
0: crabs at Sam Woes Tracy's face it's the beginning of a there's a movie called Manhattan where the character has to make this list really? and these are the things on his list
2: I didn't know I never fucking saw that movie
0: Um, I'm not saying you should watch it no but still but she has the penis. that's my defensive <laughs> mocking yeah. response hey this exists these are this guys but I do relate hmm <laughs> Because he gives this list of things in New York that are great. Yeah. And then he ends with Tracy's face, the girl he's in love with. And oh, I love beautiful. when... Yeah. Because all the wars and all the... It's always about that one girl that fucked you up. Right. It's always back Right, right, so like right. Something oh, yeah, very yeah. Great Gatsby. Shut up.
2: <laughs> are you familiar with this book? <laughs> I'm just kidding. We've all been in love. <laughs>
0: oh, God. It was the best of times
2: is also the worst of times, if you think about it. Mm, I see it. It's kind of weird.
0: That's not catchy.
2: Like on the one hand, it was the best. How can they
0: both exist? That's impossible. That's impossible. The person that makes you feel the best is the person that can make you feel the worst. And you can't separate them. And we spend half our lives trying to find that person that just makes us feel good and doesn't have A, B, and C. But that's fucking impossible because if somebody makes you feel the best, now they have the ability to make you feel the worst. They can remove it. Right. So that's worse than not even knowing it <laughs> yeah, was there. Right. And I think that's how you tell if something's true. If something is true, its opposite is true. Right? It's really good. I love you. I hate you. You say reluctantly for some reason.
2: No, it's really good. I don't know. I, I'm like, I'm so deep in this thing. I don't know. Okay. This is like my favorite place to be. I, 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 uh, You're in the huddle. yeah. I sometimes. I wrote this one poem uh, where I just a lot of it was 30, it's called 30 Words for Love. And there's one of them, I don't remember the words because they were nonsense words that they, they just used to catalog, for you know? Yeah, something like that. And one of them was, um, I don't know, there's just a phrase, but it's just an image I have in my head all the time of like sometimes people um, are just like these bodies of water, an atoll. I, is the one that I always think of, which I forget what that is. I just assume uh, an A T O L L. It's like a, you know, and uh, and sometimes it's nice just to like lay in someone's waters. That's how I was feeling. That was the reluctance. And you looked it too. I wish
0: everyone at home could see how comfortable yeah. you became.
2: It's true. I don't know. There's that's the that's the great gift of this experience so far is that if I get to that magical moment. Where I get to just like land somebody else's waters, and it's you feel that it did the tides breathe around you a little, and it's like really good to be in somebody else's head for a while. Uh, that makes
0: the other person feel pretty good. Well, because they are probably thinking the same thing. Would you like to hear a song? Called I would. Wonderwall. Yeah.
2: <laughs> everybody loves Wonderwall No, I mean, oh, come on, play us a song. Play us a song. Not <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: no, so embarrassing.
2: Are you gonna play me a song? Okay, we gotta figure out how to do this. Let me give me this mic. What works?
0: Father Demo Cut a deal With the Mormons and Eugene O'Neill Square fucked a circle He lit up like a serpent In the round See I was always A little too uptight To ever pay to see the light Every confession Is a warning In this one horse Theater town too late to find you. I get dark so early now. Now, with Adam, it's all about Eve. All that I want, the air that I breathe, I think it broke up. Every night duel, i her doing mess around. So, why don't you stay and tell me how it ends? The of you this again. It's better to look good than to get caught looking down. Casting a shadow, only seeing underground. That's how West was one, We took everything but the sun. Did it please the court to hear her name? Always a little bright, I'll dumb it down, take it slow, get the time right, like Louisiana. When I wait for you to come around, too late to find me, I get dark so
2: early now. Take your microphone back. That's good, thank you welcome this was fun jared thank you for being here thank you for listening see you later i love you (laughs) i love you too god i love that song anyway thanks for listening to my good bad brain if you dug the episode check us out on patreon.com slash my good bad brain And, uh, you, you know, you get some of the stuff earlier there. You get brain breathers earlier than everybody else. And, um, I'm working on portraits there too. And I'm really happy how they're turning out. So, uh, I know those took a while, but it's just little old me trying to draw and make the time. So thank you. If you're expecting one of those, it's in the works. Uh, all right guys. See y'all next week. Bye.